Hello and welcome to episode number 73 of The Third Power. As always, this is one of your hosts, Anthony Avatolo. And as always, is my overzealous, overjoyful, out of control co-host, Usman Jamil. I'm, I'm going to steal your permanent. Well, watch out. Are you uh, <laughs> are you uh, zealously conscripting something? I guess. <laughs> Go. I'm st- going to battle. There's somebody who recently started cubing with us, and he didn't know that you could steal any permanent with zealous conscripts. Oh, oh like planeswalkers? <laughs> yeah. I did steal his planeswalker. I didn't get to ultimate it, but I did get to attack with it as a 5-5 Gideon. Nice. Then he died. <laughs> I tell, I, I'm serious that I, I'm pretty sure that out of every card in my cube, that card has the most instances of being the last card cast in a game. Yeah, I could see it. it. Like more so than any other card, where it's like I cast this card and then the game ends as it being the last card mm-hmm. that was actually like you know put on the stack. And I'm I dead. think it holds the title for that, right? It's like, I'm going to cast this, and we're dead, or and we're going to concede, or and, nope, I'm not going to let you do that. Mm-hmm. We're just dead. It's like, oh. I'm just, oh. Goodbye. <laughs> right. And dead. Well, we are here today to speak about the most current set, Guilds of Ravnica. Now, I, I know we skipped over uh, M19. Well, we're going to come back around. We actually considered uh, making this episode 74 and then, like, retroactively making episode 73. Oh. So we can come back to it so when it looks like it's in order, you can be like, oh, well, that's weird. But, you know. We're caught in uh, a time vortex. We, right, exactly. We didn't we didn't want to mess with the uh, time-space continuum that much. And, you know, I, I, I know it's enough of a shock that there's actually an episode coming out. We didn't want to, you know. Really, really mess with people's heads. We got the buggy people up. People be like, "Wait, what? What do you? What do you mean the seventy? What do you mean? Uh, you're right. We got we got the, the buggy, <laughs> up the buggy up to seventy three miles an hour. <laughs> the Goblin War buggy. Seventy seventy three words. Yeah. Per minute. Oh man. Probably way more than that. Goblin Goblin War buggy. Oh, so man. I actually really like the art too. I think it's Goblin War buggy. I really like the artwork to that. The, the big-headed goblin with the big old helmet sitting in the seat. Yeah, it looks like he's, like, charging. He's like, Arr. Right. Good old, good old goblin art. Was, it like, was that Dieter Lisey who did that one? That seems correct. Okay. Because he, he definitely has a, a unique uh, art style. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's exactly exactly his. But you know what? Chicken. I'm a look. Nope. And you're right. <laughs> Yes. He's got, like, the Jay Leno chin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that sounds right. He's like... Unaffected by summoning sickness. That definitely sounds uh, <laughs> like the spitting image of Jay Leno. <laughs> Why, thank you. That's, 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 I've been working on it. That's my Jay, Jay Leno impersonation. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's called Haste Now. <laughs> So, uh, so we're here to talk about Guilds of Ravnica because there's an awful lot to talk about. There is a lot of options. And for that, we're actually going to do something a little different this episode. 
Yeah. So it was actually something we talked about earlier today about skipping Crack-A-Pack because I kind of figure it's like it started off as like, you know, um, I don't know, kind of wearing limited resources influence on our sleeve. But I was like, I'm wondering how much it really brings to the episode. So we talked about it while I was driving and then we, we thought of the idea that to skip it for now and then let y'all know, like, I mean, what do y'all think? Like, let us know, or you can, I don't know, call me an idiot or something in the comments or whatever. Well, like you that. know, if enough people complain or like, hey, I'd really like, you know, I really enjoyed that you guys did this, or no, nah, I kind of always skipped past it or, or whatever it might be. This one in particular is there's a lot of cards to talk about, and we tend to, to bloviate a little bit here, and, you know, and uh, so, you know, we're, we we got a lot to talk about, and I think we're just going to try to save the time. Uh, and and save it for for another. Speaking of save, and see what happens. And savor. I got a new beverage for this episode. Oh, oh, sorry. So, 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 what is this fine beverage you have purchased to to try live on on the podcast? It's called Ting. Like B. Uh. Like B Tings. I, I savage beatings. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, it's. Uh, it's like a, it's from Jamaica. It's oh. sparkling grapefruit flavored beverage. Oh God. Oh God. I, my mouth's taking a beating just thinking of what that's going to taste like. I yeah. hate grapefruit so I much. I, I don't, not really a big fan oh, I hate of grapefruit. It. Well, I have know. lots of trauma as a child from getting like squirted in the eye trying to eat a half a grapefruit. Huh. Yeah, I could see that. Well, YOLO. All right. Bottoms up. Not too bad. It's not as super tart as I would expect. Yeah, that's what I, grapefruit is just like yeah. super, super tart. That's what I was so worried is it, about. Is it like a hint of grapefruit flavor? It, it, I don't know. It's kind of like generic kind of like tart kind of, I mean, it's definitely, I feel like it's grapefruit, but it's, you know, you know, it's a, maybe it's mellowed out by the sugar. So it's definitely sweet then. Yeah. Yeah, it has grapefruit juice and natural grapefruit flavor. There you go. Ah, natural grapefruit flavor. It's I, not bad. Uh, I guess drinkable. I figured since you, you were going to have like a brown guy drink, I, I before the podcast I just finished up my, my white person drink, I had a, a pumpkin spice drink from, from Starbucks pumpkin to, spice. to represent to represent the, the white girls out there. White okay. girls represent. What? Pumpkin spice is so good. Like I, I, I freaking love cinnamon and nutmeg. Yeah. Is my problem. Like I, I find excuses to put them on things. So like literally, this is the only time of year I go to Starbucks and and pay exorbitant prices for it because I don't know. I just enjoy it. Yeah, might as well. You I don't get the lattes look. though. I get like frozen drinks. Yeah. There you go. As my as my cat shakes his head back and forth, and I hear <laughs> in my ear as I. <laughs> He's like. What? Like flapping, somehow my cat has flapping jowls, shaking his head in my ear. Wow. You think he's as bad as a dog? Oh, yeah. My cat just did that, kind of like dug at his ear. I'm like, alright. So, speaking of white, <laughs> I guess. So. Okay, wait, wait, wait a second. Hold on, let me find the connection. Oh, what do you think of the white cards? In the oh, set? oh, 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 right. Like pumpkin spice white. Got it. I figured it out. I'm smart. Okay, so the white cards, not, 
not super interesting, but I think there's a few we can talk about at least. Yeah. So, so first of all, I just want to say that when I read the card name Citywide Bust, like the actual action taking place on the card, I think is my third definition. When I think of like visual representations of what this is, mm-hmm. like a drug bust or whatever, that's like number three for me. Hmm. And just yeah. so you know, number one is a giant statue of somebody's head. Yeah, that sounds right. That's that's the number one. So version. it's like this giant head that's like as wide as a city. Right, right, right. It's just like around the city. <laughs> like everywhere you look, it's like the city's founder. So it's like a citywide bust. That's as big as a whale. Right. <laughs> and it's about a set. I know. I guess that guy is pretty huge, though, in that art. Yeah, I mean, he is pretty big. Yeah. His head looks disproportional to everything else, though. Yeah. I forget the rule, like, how many heads are supposed to be on a body. Like, is it eight or something? Wait, wait, what? It's like a proportion thing. It's like, the there's like... This, the proportion of a head to a body is like eight to one or six to one or oh, something. Uh, you just said how many heads are how many heads go on a body, and I'm like one. Oh, <laughs> it's like wall. I, I, I've never been a good visual artist. My 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 artistic skills do not lie in the area of of, of visual arts. Yeah, let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, same so here. So I, I do not know what the uh, the the head head to body ratio is. I feel like it's like eight or something, but I'm too lazy to look, and I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't care enough to put in the show notes. So yeah. fair enough. Yeah. So I don't know. So, like, what do you think of this divine visit? Do you want to do divine visitation first or conclave sure. tribunal? Sure. We can, I mean, let's go in, I'll tell you what, let's go in alphabetical order. Okay. How's that? Let's do Conclave Tribunal. So Conclave Tribunal is three and a white for an enchantment that has Convoke. Um, and whenever it enters the battlefield, exile, target, non-land card, and opponent controls until it leaves the battlefield. So four mana, Convoke, Oblivion Ring, that only targets your enemies, but has like the correct non-Oblivion Ring wording. I think it's, it feels like that's what Banishing Light is from now. I think it's been that way since Banishing Light? Correct. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's the, since Oblivion Ring, they fixed the, like, sequencing thing where if you somehow get to bounce it or destroy it, like, it removes things permanently. Yeah. They actually, that's been fixed that way for a while. Yay. So, I want to like this card. Yeah. I want to, because it does, like, the things that you want it to do. I like that in the creature decks, um, it's a little easier to cast because it's just like, well, I got these one ones or these two ones, and you know they're not doing a whole lot anyway. Even when I remove their biggest guy, these guys still really can't attack mm-hmm. favorably. So like, mys, you know, make the spell cheaper. But it's it still feels like a half mana too expensive to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because I've I've really liked Stoke the Flames in my cube. Stoke the Flames is sick. Yeah, and maybe it's because that's an instant, and you're like you because it's just... an instant exactly. So you can do it and then untap with your guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just never really did much. Like it felt like the decks that were playing it just it, it felt like the aggressive decks didn't really care, and it was just like the other decks were playing it, and and so often it was just like. Rather have cast out or quarantine field, 
Or face fetters or something. Right, yeah, face fetters. Face fetters. What a busted card. Card's so good. And it doesn't look very good. When you first look at it the first time, you're like, all right, whatever. And then you cast it on someone's aggressive creature, and you're like, this card's awesome. Yeah, it's like, nice. Cast it on someone's planeswalker. Oh. Mm. Such a, it's a, mm. I guess it's a relatively innocuous card. Right. And, and you know, and it's super innocuous, and it's just, like, super useful. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. It's just, like, awesome. It's like, oh. And, like, four, four life is a lot. It's like, oh. Cool. There goes my thing and my life. Yeah. It's kind of funny, like, know. uh, you know, Ribbons of Night was just, like, this back-breaking card. Oh, oh, it was so back-breaking and limited. Mm-hmm. Oh. I just had, like, flashbacks when you said that. Uh, yep. Like, grab the, like, grab the reins. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, just the... Cards are just busted. busted in half, like, <laughs> limited cards. Yep. And you're like, oh, is that in your cube? Like, nah, it's not close. Poor, <laughs> like, poor nope. grabs reins, yeah. Nope. Grab her. Oh my god, I remember having to play against cross pod drafts where like the the top drafter at the other table had three grab the reins in his deck. What? Like, how am I how am I supposed to win? Like, first of all, I had like one in my deck, and it was the only one opened at my table. But because it was cross pod, I had to play someone with three. And I'm like, this is stupid. This is why I hate cross pod drafts. Yep. Eat it. That's Take this. Um, wow. Three. 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 All three passed home. Three. Also, at the same store, I made the mistake of playing once again, too, and I had, like, a really nice, uh, during Shard's block, I had a really nice Esper deck with, I think, two or three. So it had, like, uh, at least one Gargoyle, the four-mana, four-four flying Gargoyle, Esper one. Mm -hmm. And I had, like, two or three of the, uh, of Agony Warps. Oh, nice. And I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure this deck is good enough to beat, like, a cross-pod draft. Uh-oh. Well, that was until I played the deck that had seven Agony Warps. <laughs> seven. Seven. I'm like, and again, that was like, I think that was the turning point where I literally was just like, I, 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 I'm done. I'm yeah. done drafting here. I'm done. Like, Forget this. Like, there's, there's no way, like, anybody in my own pod was beating me. But, like, we play against, like, Senior Siete Agony Warp over Seven. there. Jeez. Like, even when I'm like, all right, we got our Gargoyle, like, Agony Warp can't kill that. He's like, I got two of them. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I guess I two for one, you. Let me wow. play this guy, and he's like, Agony Warp that one, too. I'm pretty sure he had, like, two Gargoyles also. Were they so, like, like, it was, like, my deck, but, like, twice as many of, like, the really, really good cards. Were they, like, bots? IRL bots. I don't know. They're just like this, wearing this loose skin mask or something. It's like like beep beep. This card's not very good. It's only a common. I better take this rare. Beep beep take rare. Beep beep. Beep beep beep. Red beep boop. Red red green. No no warp. (laughs) Now now this this is also so now keep in mind this is also the same store. Where we did a draft of the, I think we did the shards, the shards block foil packs. Oh yeah, because they were like, by the way, those things are worth a ton now. But with this store had like a glut of them, and they couldn't sell them, mm-hmm. so we just ran a draft. And like, I had an awesome like Naya deck with like double branching bolt. I'm like, this card's really good. Mm-hmm. We, we we lost to the four branching bolt deck. 
was the same person? So done. No, these are different people all three times. Okay. But... I just can't of and like and like it's like you have three car three sets of commons to choose from. And I get two branching bolts and I'm like, oh my god, we are so set. This is so lucky. Yeah. Because you know, we got two eh, casual six of them opened. <laughs> and he got four of them. Uh, and of course, like two for one to me every single time. Uh, actually, my deck actually had flyers. Yeah, I was about to say a nine deck with flyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get flyers out of the white, out of the white cards. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Branching bolt you. Oh my. I'm like, all right, yeah, that's fair. Wow. Bolt you again. I'm like, all right, that sucks. But you know, I have two in my deck. I'm like, oh, it's like branching bolt you again. I'm like, come on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anywhere near cube? Nope. No. Nope. 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 Jeez. That's... That's awkward. Nope. Alright. Yeah. What do you think of... I was going to say, speaking of awkward... I don't know if I'd say Divine Visitation is awkward, but... Yeah, maybe. So... So, do nothing enchantment. Yep. But if you have any way to generate tokens with this thing in play right away completely ridiculous mm-hmm. because like if you just get one four four flyer for five mana like that's close to on rate right yeah. like you know you usually get a four four vigilance for that price right like that's the starting point mm-hmm. now we get now we get five five first strike flying lifelink <laughs> like yeah <laughs> that's that's where we are in cube so and so you know like getting the first one is not that's terrible fine. But, like, can you imagine, like, having this in play and, like, I don't know, casting anything that makes multiple tokens? Like, how ridiculous this card gets? Like, the problem, the biggest problem for me for this card is, like, okay, if we want to maintain, like, what we're playing, what do we cut Mm -hmm. at five mana in white, which already has too many good... Like good flying creatures, yeah. At, at the at the cost to be able to play it, or like, okay, what are we cutting that's more expensive? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also just like, how many token generators realistically do you need to have to have this pay off in a deck? Right. I mean, it it can be something as simple as like Dude Ranch. Yeah. Like. You just happen to be like be one of you know like to play stuff like Shelter and Outpost, or you have any sort of Goblin X that makes a token at the beginning of combat, or you know there, there's there's a lot of like static ability triggered ability things that you can get a token right away, you know, and, and there's a fair amount of them in white now I think. Mm-hmm. But like, how many would you need in a deck? Like, I mean, probably. I mean, you're, we're, we're probably talking what. Seven, maybe? Yeah. Six or seven ways to generate tokens on a regular basis, some of which have to cost less than five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like a tall order. Oh, certainly. Or you could, you could, but um... it certainly does, it certainly makes it, you know, it's not that it's under, it's certainly not underpowered, I don't think. I just think it's, it's kind of a tough putt to actually realize what the card can do. Yeah. Tough putt. That's cool. I like that phrase. Yeah, so, you know, this is the, 
there's a little too much, a little too much, uh, a little too many hills on the way to kind of make it all come together. So yeah, I like it. A little too rolling. rolling. All right. What what about the uh, official, or I should say, the the unofficial mascot of the Solely Singleton podcast? Uh, what is that? Healer's Hawk. No. <laughs> why is it? Why is it that? Brad right now is laughing hysterically. He has a love affair with Healer's Hawk. Oh yeah. It's holding. I wonder if that's what the art is like. That that little blue thing. It's like I'm holding a plus one plus encounter. I, I don't, I don't know. It looks like, I, I kind of wish it had like the St. Bernard thing around its neck. Like the little like thing of brandy, you know, like the little barrel. No, I, I got nothing. Nope. You never saw that in old cartoons where they had the St. Bernard always had the little barrel around its neck? Mm-mm. Oh, man. Oh, man. What now we're going to have to. What would have a barrel? St. Bernard Neck. No? <laughs> Ty- yep. There- Literally, I typed in St. Bernard Neck, and five pictures that come up are pictures of dogs with Saint Ber- with barrels around the neck. And the first thing is, what's in the barrel around a St. Bernard's neck? Why are St. Bernard's always depicted with a barrel around their necks? I still don't get it. Like, I don't – I'm going to look this up. Huh. I... <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm surprised you've never seen that. No. No. I have never... I have... I guess it's like some old thing. Yeah. I... Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to look at this to see if it looks familiar, but I don't... None of these are ringing a bell. Yeah, so apparently it was an artist rendition of it happening, but it was never actually – the dogs never carried such barrels. Huh. But the collar keg stuck in the public's imagination, and the uh, image has endured. Huh. So the dog just planned on getting hammered or something? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's supposed to be brandy around the neck to help warm you up because they were like cold-weather rescue dogs. Oh. Oh, that so it's like to give the, to the humans, the I narrative. guess? Yes. Okay. Yes. No, it's not for the dog. The dog doesn't have thumbs to be able to. Yeah, I was like, tap it. <laughs> like, what's that beer tapper? Right, right, right. A uh, root beer tapper. Uh, yeah. Later, I want to get on the arcade. Yeah, root beer tapper. By the way, that game is really hard. Yep, it's really hard. Like, I was very good at it as a young child, yep. but that game is gets so hard. Yeah, really fast. It just overwhelms you. It's just like really fast. Right, you're like. Next word. Next word. Next word. Ah, crap. He sent the he sent the thing back. We read that now. And the original arcade game actually had a beer tap as the controller. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Beer tap. So, oh man. So how? I mean, but but in all fairness, like Healer's Hawk makes all the other flying one drop for one, one one for ones look real embarrassing. Yeah. Like Suntail Hawk and what was the spirit? There was a spirit one too. Uh, some Kami. That doesn't help. So, uh, lantern commie? Yeah, yes. lantern commie, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, good. Yeah. I use those as uh, tokens yes. for lingering souls in my cube. Nice. Yeah. And you didn't know the name of them? Nope, because they're lingering souls tokens. <laughs> God, they're the worst. 
All right. So, all right. I, I want you to. You ready for the to to the Google machine? No. Oh, um. Yeah, sure. Okay. I, I want you to type in muzzle MTG. Um. And look at the artwork. Oh, that art. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want you to look at luminous bonds. <laughs> wow. The, as soon as it's a luminous bonds, I'm like, why does it look like muzzle? Yeah. It's like the same color scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like red with the color. Yeah. Every time I look at luminous bonds, I think it's muzzle. That. Every time someone casts it on like arena, I'm like, why are they casting? Like, why are they casting muzzle on my guy? I didn't think this card was legal. And it's just for that split second, my brain's like, eh. yeah. Oh. Is this supposed? No. To, is it like supposed to be a lizard, or like a viachino? It looks like a hermit crab. That's what I thought too, but like the face looks like lizard. Yeah, no, I I have no idea what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's um, it's getting. But it's muzzled. got like it looks like it's got chitinous legs, so that means it can't be a a Viachino, right? Mm. Wrong plane. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, I feel like there's some Viachinos are from. Uh, well, there was that Viachinos were from Boogerton or whatever. Well, they had some in OG Ravnica at least. There was Did a they? two and a red red three three that pinged. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, I do remember that. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. This thing's also way too big. Look at the size of it, scale-wise, next to the humans, next standing next to it. Yeah, it is true. These people are just... I don't know. That, that's, that, that was my, my grand contribution to white. Yep. Well, why don't you talk about a real card? What, real card? <laughs> well, there's a Venery Loxodon. I think, like, Healer's Hawk is fine. It's just without pants, it's really bad. Unfortunately. It, it with suffers pants, the though. same tropes as other one ones for one, where it's just like, dude, it dies to everything. It does die to everything, except for creatures without flying. Oh, unless you unless you block them. Yeah, that's that right. probably dies to it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I really like Venerate Luxon. That card's nice. Like four and a white, four four convoke. Do you say convoke or do you say convoke? I say convoke. That's what I say too. No. Venerated lot when it when venerated locks. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Usman, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's it's convoke. Convoke. Oh, yeah, that that's convoke with me. Okay. Ooh, yeah. nice, <laughs> nice. Yep. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So whenever oh, I'm sorry, when venerated locks on enters the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature that convoked it. I mean, it's been pretty nice. Like it's awful if you don't have anything to convoke it with, but. Even if you have, remember, remember like, like five, five for four. Yeah, four, good, four for five. Yeah, good Bang. old, good old convert, good old uh, dirt good boars. But like, yeah, I remember somebody whenever like somebody would cast it with anything, it's like, oh god, what, what's this? Just because like they would all get a boost, It'd be like, oh god, what the hell is this? Yeah, like whenever someone people start casting convoke spells, I'm like, this can't be good. Yeah, yeah, it's like what, what, what is this? What is this nonsense? Yeah, I like, like this what card. What is about to happen? Yeah, because it can't be good. Mm-hmm. It can't be good. Yeah, it can't be good. Why is he? Why is this opponent tapping their creatures? This can't be. Say again? Right. Yeah, it's like. Are they making more one-one flyers? Yeah, it's like. Are oh. They casting a gigantic? Are they searching their library for something gigantic? Mm-hmm. Yep. Are they? Uh... Usually, it was weird. Like whenever I saw my opponents, or you know, even when I saw them play, whenever, like. They would tap creatures for Conclave Tribunal. It was like, that's fine, whatever. But with Venery Loxon, it was like, oh, what? Oh, fine. Here's a 4-4, and now your creatures are larger. And, like, obviously they can't attack that turn, so 
they take a turn off. But, like, whatever. You're still getting, like, a huge amount of power over a small body. I've liked it so far. It's been... It's, it's good. It's not a five drop, but I don't know where to slot it in terms of, like, the on the mana curve. Right. Because, yeah, like, and it, uh, if you cast it at five, it's re- it's definitely the worst case. But Right, and you really only want to be using creatures that aren't attacking, that are outclassed and unable to attack. Yeah. Or they're just, but, I mean, even then, unable to attack, like, if their opponent has one blocker, you probably are still attacking with your three guys. Like, let them block one of them so they can take five or take four. Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably a fine trade, too. So, like, I, I think, for me, I think the, the, the mental gymnastics of this is, okay, when is the correct time to actually cast the card like this? Yep. Yeah. It's being mental gymnastics. There'll be, there'll be a card. See, for, for me, what I w- where I want it in my magical dream world is, like, play three dudes on three, Play like original OG Johnny on four. No, oh. you know, be able to like minus it, so that way you get the vigilance, so you can attack with your flyers and then tap them to play venerated Loxodon. Oh, that'd be nifty. So they'd be like three threes. So that way you can attack them with them as like two twos, or the next turn as three threes, and then tap them post combat mm-hmm. to make them four fours. Yep. I think it's a thumbs up for me. So. I'm not sure how good or bad that is, but mm. yeah, it, it's interesting. It's also a five. Yeah, another white five. Well, I was about to say it's not really a five, but I'm not sure where in the cost curve it is because, like, I have no idea what what's the like average mana cost for it. You know, when it gets played, guy. <laughs> right, and you can't really slot it in at like the three point eight three. Yeah. Slot. <laughs> He's a non-Euclidean cube curve. <laughs> right. It's like. This fits in this slot. I don't know, but it's it's it was it's been pretty solid. I can't imagine it staying in my cube for super long, but mm-hmm. it's nice. But interesting to try. It's good. Yeah, it's it's a good. I'm not really interested in very many other white cards. No, no. How about blue? There's a uh, chemist's insight. Okay, I kind of like this card. Yeah, it's yeah, it's nice. Like. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like Deep Analysis is kind of overrated. Well, it certainly is now because of all the instant speed options that you have yeah. and the way Blue usually wants to play their game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so, kind of weird. Like, I've always thought of Deep Analysis as, like, you draw three cards, but one of them's a slightly worse uh, Night Whisper. Sure. But, like, it's still tapping four mana on your main phase. Right, which is not something you necessarily want to be doing. Yeah, like, and if you cast it later, like okay, then you're still. Tapping. Well, to be fair, you do draw four because you're you're just getting to reuse your original spell. Yeah, it's not draw three; it's draw four. Draw four, but you get to reuse. You know, it's really kind of a draw five, but one of them is a slow one. But it's the fact that you have to use it on your turn. Yeah, on your main phase, that makes it super awkward. And like the big thing, the big the big draw with with uh, deep analysis is that you can discard it to something, and then just get the draw two for two mana. Yeah. You don't even necessarily need the front end. Like, I, I would say that I've cast the, the back end, <laughs> back end of deep pain, no, deep, I've cast the back end way more than I've cast the front end. Yeah. I think that's the main, like, if you're casting deep analysis, honestly, like, that's not usually good. Or it's usually to be fair, fine. the specimen does appear to be broken. Yeah. 
Good old Masticor. Oh, wow, I didn't realize By the, the way, synergy. have you looked at the price of original foil Masticor? Yeah, that's why it was on there. I thought it was just because <laughs> it was just a, like, LOL clever reference. I mean, that makes sense. Huh. No, because you, you discard it, and yeah. you still get to draw two cards. Nice. <laughs> By the way, have you looked at the price for uh, OG foil Masticors? No. Would you like to make a guess? We'll use... Uh, uh, I happen to have a window with Star City up. We'll... Uh, hmm. We'll 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 uh, we'll pull one up here. I'll say two seventy. Okay, I can't use their site because uh, they're sold out of them, oh. which means that the price is out of date. Oh. So let's use uh, TCG. Okay. Now I want you to tell me how much is Mastercore played in things? Uh, barely at all. <laughs> okay. Correct. So barely at all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh. The market price for a foil is two hundred and twenty-seven dollars. Wow, I wasn't for an original one. Okay, yeah, you know, from the vault one is is you know nothing significantly cheaper. Yeah, but like original ones, because you know, unfortunately, my Masticore had you know picked up a crease in it at some point, hmm. and I was just like, uh, I was at a store, and I'm like, all right, they have one here. I'm on vacation. Let's see how much it is. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Nope. 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 Wow. But yeah, chemistry is insight. I think it's... I, I think like it. It's... I like it. I like just being able to do it twice. This one, you know, yeah, you get to discard a card. Who cares? Yeah. feels like these flashback mechanics, I feel like they're kind of weird and they're underrated, but I feel like Watsy lately has realized that, and so they're being pretty conservative with them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's usually at least one or two that kind of slip through the cracks, and this is definitely one of them. I don't know if I think maybe slip through the cracks, but... Like, it's definitely good. It's, yes. it's awkward because there's so much good blue card draw and so many good fours in blue. But this at least seems to work well with the game plan. Correct. And it's fine, too, if you have to discard it over something. You at least get some value for it on the back end. Yeah, like you're not like getting a free, like, Night's Whisper. But, I mean, that's still fine. So, yeah, I like this card, actually. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty pretty solid. Like... I've heard people like compare it to what's that Glimmer Genius and like lo- the the argument right. that like you lose out on the scry, but you get this back. Like, but you get two of them. Yeah. And like. Yeah, I like I like this card a lot. Yeah, it's it's a very good card. What do you think of the uh, the, the next song card? Dream Eater. <laughs> I don't okay. So Dream Eater. I like this card. I, yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise because it's Flash. But it does have a surprise because it's Flash. Surprise! Oh! It's, it's got a surprise nightmare creature type, too. Ooh. It's a, it's a Sphinx? Yeah, it's a Nightmare Sphinx. Nightmare Sphinx? Yeah. Jeez. So this is four blue-blue, Flash-flying, four-three. When it enters the battlefield, surveil four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you do, you may return target non-land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand. It, it's it's so one of the weird like <laughs> metrics I've used. I don't know if it's the most scientific or whatever, but like when trying a, a card out and just casting it for the first time, first time, and it's just like, wow, this feels really good. <laughs> That's how it felt like the first time seeing a dreamy dream. Almost a dream weaver. Dream, dream. <laughs> dream eater. 
first time I saw this thing being cast, I was like, oh, it does this, and it does this, and it does this. Right, right. you're like, I'm going to, yeah, flash flying, ha, I'm going to surveil four, like, this is awesome. Yeah. Oh, wait, <laughs> you bounce this thing, too, yeah, like, this. what? Yeah, bounce this thing, oh, and ambush your thing. Oh, right. Right, like, good lord. Like, thank, thank God it's only got three toughness, right? Because if this yeah. were a 4-4, four, four, it would be... Yeah, a 4-4 four, or four, a 4-5 four, would just be, hello. Hello. Yeah. yeah. This card's real, this card's real good. I really this like will, this. I, I think this will, this will kick a lot of those dangling six drops out of people's, uh, cubes like i probably have some dangling like six drops that are just like you know oh i like them they're easy to cast things like kaiga things like oh this, this uh sphinx of dwar isle i really like looking at my card whenever i feel like it yeah this card's i think it's I, great I, I, and it just yeah. bounces like it messes up like it's a really interesting kind of board state changer too it's just i remember like one time I had, like, a, I think I was at, like, four or something, and I had a, what's that, opposition with a bunch of stuff out, and my opponent went, like, EOT Dream Eater. I was like, oh, huh. I, I guess, <laughs> and it almost felt like I couldn't lose, and then the opponent cast, and I was like, oh, oh, yep, yep. I just figured out how we can lose this game. I was like, oh, yep. And just sculpting your, like, sculpting four, like, with Surveil is just, like, it's just so much control over your draws, too. I really like this. I don't know if it, like... Surveil four is a lot. Yeah. It it definitely makes out your draws so much. And being an instant, too, is just great at helping play the, the control game. Like, I don't think... Yep. It, it doesn't kick out anything like Consecrated Sphinx or... No, because that card's just real dumb. Yeah, like Consecrated Sphinx, Blue Gear Hulk. Like Also has Flash. Yeah, also has Flash. Like Frost Titan, maybe this kicks out. Like, I could see either being fine. Like, but... Yeah, like Frost Titan's one of those cards that's just like, yeah, all right, like... <clears throat> this is probably the most innocuous looking of the Titans... Yeah. Like everything else, you're just like, oh my god, that's ridiculous. And then you cast Frost Titan, and you just, you're like, and you start to have to play against it, and you're like, this card's really annoying. Mm -hmm. Like, this card is way more annoying than I thought it was. Like, yeah. it's way better than I, ha I had any right to be. Mm -hmm. And the ability to just yeah, look so innocuous to like counter this unless you pay two, it's like, whatever, I'll pay the two, that's fine. It's like, oh. Yeah, now, now I'll actually counter it, man, like it. Oh yeah, your uh, miscalculation uh, or whatever. Uh, rune snag. I'll rune snag it. There you go. But yeah, it's just like <laughs> rune snag. Yeah. I uh, wonder how many more I got in my graveyard. Oh, I got no oh. none. How do I just pay two? Yeah, this none. I, I mean, I don't know if this kicks out any of like the the big class, but yeah, definitely like the Kaigas and whatever, like the Kaigas and I forget the other ones you mentioned. That were just kind of uh, hangers on. Sphinx of Jawar Isle. Yeah, Sphinx of Jawar Isle, like, sure. Oh, Aetherling is another good one. Oh, Aetherling is... Might might be the best one. Have you ever tried to beat a resolved Aetherling? Yeah, good luck. It's, uh... It ain't easy. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It ain't easy. Hey, real quick, look at the new artwork for, uh... Disdainful Stroke. Is it, like, Sarkin? I don't. I don't think so. But it immediately reminds me of the most recent artwork for Remand. 
It's like the same scroll. Oh. Oh, that poor scroll. It got remanded. Now it's getting disdainful stroke. <laughs> so <laughs> poor that, scroll. when I look at that, that's what it, it reminds me of. Like I never made that connection. Blue writing or whatever. Yeah. Apparently I'm old enough to every single artwork reminds me of something else. I remember the time. Oh. Like mission briefing reminds me of the, the, the artwork, the girl who's on the artwork reminds me of a cartoon and I can't think of what cartoon that is. Uh, and flux. Mm, I'll think of it. It's a much more simpler drawn cartoon hmm. than A and Flux. It's a, but that the the character on Mission Briefing reminds me of something else. And I, I don't know if I'll ever think of it until I see it. And I'm going to be like, oh, that's exactly what it is. That's what it reminds me of. Like it, it comes to mind and then like slips out of my mind. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a cartoon and it's definitely a little more simply drawn. And it's definitely, I want to say the character is like a female barbarian or something huh. and it's like i think it's like a two-dimensional cartoon thing where like when the character moves across the screen like south park they like slide left to right oh, okay interesting but i, I I'll, I'll try to remember anyway speaking so, so mission briefing that that was my that was my uh very smooth transition into talking about mission briefing oh yeah i like i, I like it it's it's a i don't know another one of these cards that feels like it gets Unfairly compared to its big brother, <laughs> that happened with like uh with Blue Gear Hulk, where people are like, "This isn't flashback sorcery, so it sucks. This costs six mana, so it sucks." Right. You're like, as it turns out, uh, flash in a five six to cast cryptic command for free. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, block your idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or you're like, flash this in. Hmm. I think I'll flash back uh, from. Uh, how about settle the wreckage? Why don't you get rid of all your guys? Yep. I don't need to block any of them. <laughs> I will take damage. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I like. I've liked mission briefing so far. Like feedback has been pretty solid. Yeah. Again, it's got the magical word on it. Instant. Yeah, I was about to say instant, or I was going to say, like, surveil. <laughs> surveil is a great mechanic. Yeah, surveil is really nice. Surveil is really, really nice. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I dig it. Two mana added tax to cast things out of your graveyard, and in the meantime, you get to surveil mm-hmm. as well and, and choose to chew through some stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you might get something better. I don't think it's really happened when I've seen people cast it. Like, most of the time, it's just like... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm casting with these, with the intention of flashing back this certain card, surveil to. I'm, right. I'm, I'm also cast. fine with like, right, like, like mission briefing, targeting ponder. Mm-hmm. Like surveil to, and then get ponder. So now like we're digging like multiple cards in. Yeah. Also, you might just put something in your graveyard that you actually want to cast. Mm-hmm. I've heard the argument too that like double blue is harder to cast than like one and a blue, which. Wait, 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 wait. Now you're, that's crazy talk. What do you mean double blue's harder to cast than one in a blue? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, craziness. Yeah, of course it's harder. Yeah. But guess what? That's why you focus on things like building your mana base correctly and, and taking multicolor lands. And there's a reason why I first pick like fetch lands and dual lands and stuff like that. Like, yep. One of you, the best part about the, the best way to win games of magic is to be able to cast your spells. Mm hmm. Yep. 
yeah, I dig it. I'm down. It's a, it gets a thumbs up. I've, and, there, and there's just enough cheap stuff in Cube too, where it's just like even if you're having to wait a little longer to, to cast those spells, that's still fine. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be on curve, and I think that's part of the argument too. Is like with the assumption that you have to cast it on curve, and that's something you want to do, but you don't have to. Of course. Like it doesn't, of course, doesn't force you to play bad magic. Yeah, don't be uh, don't be a bad o. All right, look at the art for here's art reference number three that reminds me of something else. Look at Murmuring Mystic. Murmuring Mystic, uh-huh. The days? So, days, right? Glowing blue birds, mm-hmm. yeah? Okay, not just me? Yeah, that's what I thought, Good. too, when I first saw it, and I'm just like, oh, we got dazed. <laughs> right, dazed for days. There you go. All right, anything else? No. By the way, whenever I look at Wishcoin Crab, I think it says Wisconsin Crab. Mm-hmm, yep. I'm like, why is why are they referencing Wisconsin? Oh, Wishcoin Crab. Got it. Not Wisconsin crab. So is it like is is it like living in a fountain? And people, you know how people throw coins, right? I, maybe. I mean, it does have. It looks like it has coins stuck to it. Yeah. So maybe it's like the the crab in uh, Moana, right? The lobster or whatever in Moana I, that he's got all the things stuck to him because he's shiny. He's <laughs> got some. Shiny Wisconsin. That's what I'm saying. I think it's right. Exactly. Shiny Wisconsin. There you go. Shiny cheese. <laughs> that sounds right. I don't know if I would eat shiny cheese or not. I was going to say, it sounds pretty I'm not, gross. I'm not, I'm not convinced. What if it's like... Pol- what, polish up the cheese. What if it's like gold flake? I guess it, it would just like taste gold the same. Like but cheese? Yeah. <laughs> gold slogger cheese. Tastes like cinnamon schnapps. That would be cheese. That would be weird. And by weird, I mean terrible. That would just be awful. I'm sure you'll have a soda that tastes exactly like it next time. Oh yeah. Hey, check out this gold slogger cheese. Gold schlee cheeser. <laughs> That'd be the worst. That would just be the worst ever. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go on to black cards. Did you want to talk about I... blue? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Ooh. No, please, go ahead, before we move on. Blood Operative? Feel free to circle back. Yeah, that's the card I want to talk about. I like Blood Operative. I don't know how good it is, but I sure do like it. It feels like it'll never come back, but I guess is it fine as a three-man three-one? Right, so that's the problem, right, is that it's got this keyword that, like, requires you to be, like, on flavor or whatever. But, man, I really like this card. I just I am not casting it in cube. No. Like, because it just, because the, you know, the value is in the surveilling and bringing it back. But it's like, man, why is I got to say surveil? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I wish there was another clean way of it. Like, if this goes to your graveyard from, from your library, yeah, surveil one. Yeah, like Creeping Chill. Like, it does that. Maybe they were yeah, scared of Creeping Chill is kind of a messed up card. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, everybody and their mother were like, oh, Dredge. Yep. And that happened. <laughs> and they have Narc Amoeba. Yep. All right. Whatever. Yeah. I, I, I just really like the plot operative. I just find it disappointing that it doesn't get to work in Cube. No. that's I Because if that, last thing, if that last thing were whenever you blank, where blank is something that black does. Mm-hmm. 
that's not a brand new mechanic that doesn't that's more of an evergreen mechanic yeah i think it would be uh this card would be super solid i really hope surveil is evergreen it won't be but i really wish it was but it won't <sighs> <sighs> yep probably too complex or whatever i don't know uh, oh, man you know what card's not complex that is on color Hey, that also could bring back your uh, uh, Doom blood operative. Oh, whoops! I mean, <laughs> Doom Whisper. Yeah, it's got lots of arms. I don't know why. Like, is that a demon thing? It's got lots of legs too. It looks like it looks like if uh, uh, remember the uh, uh, Olivia with the three legs. Mm-hmm. Olivia Voldar in artwork. Yeah, it's like that. Combined with, uh, what was the, there, wasn't there like a flip card, uh, you sacrifice like three creatures and it flips over? Oh, right. And then they had to sacrifice three creatures? Pariah? Yeah, it kind of looks like a combination of Voldar and Pariah and Olivia Voldar. And if they had like demonic children, Mm -hmm. this is what it would look like. Yeah. That is Voldar and Pariah. Yeah. Whatever the the flip form. Abolisher of Bloodlines. I guess the unflipped one kind of has. I, I think that only has two legs. But yeah, I guess once you flip. No, but it has. I, I remember having lots of arms or whatever because yeah. it's all. It's a, one of the Eldrazi mutations or whatever. Yeah, once he flips, then it becomes ginormous legs and uh, looks like Emrakul and whatever. Hathaway. You said ginormous legs, and all, all I could think of saying was a sports reference. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know how many people would get it if I just said it's got like Saquon Barkley legs. I don't know how many people would understand. Not me. I, I know. I know. I, I'm hoping somebody out there went, eh, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> you should, you should, let, let me, <laughs> to the Google mobile. Uh oh. <laughs> he, uh, might have the largest thighs I've ever seen huh. on a human being. Oh, dear. If I can actually type the word leg, it, it might actually be helpful. Also, my my, my search history is going to look very strange. Yep. We had that Sandmeyer country song. <laughs> that probably didn't make it make any more sense. All right, I can't find a good I can't find a good picture. That's okay. But at some point I I will uh Yeah, his possibly the the most muscular thighs I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. Like probably w- wider around than like my waist. Like Jeez. when I was when I was less fat. Like ridiculous. Huh. Ridiculous. Redonk. Anyway. So, so Doom much like Doom Whisperer. Yeah, this card This card's great. Like yeah. Like, I, I've been on the search out, like, you know, I, I've had lots of these, like, five mana flying demons. Yeah, Blood like, Gift. Four and five mana flying demons, like Blood Gift and all this stuff, like, trying to find that 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 special someone mm-hmm. that will, like, have a cube spot forever. Oh, Voldyr and Pariah. That, that, that it, was another that, one. That it can have a, a forever home. Yep. This is the I, Sarah, I we found one. The Sarah McLaughlin in the background. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that infomercial? The the parody Ooh, which one? one? No. It was actually I think it's I think it's in Georgia. 
Oh God! Yeah, I, 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 I swore I sent that to you back in the day. Oh, you may have, and I may have forgotten about it. Let's see. Oh man! In the arms of a demon. <laughs> uh, of course, I'm not going to know the name of the the actual pet adoption agency because it's so generic name is like Pet Pals or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, because there's there's definitely a bunch of all the you know the ASP, ASPCA commercials or whatever, right? Like yeah, yeah, jeez. Oh man, I don't know. I swore Dan Dan O'Shaney <laughs> so, like okay. knew the uh, knew like the guy in it also. I think. Nice. I think so. Yeah. So apparently she has she's been quoted as she changes the channel when her ASPCA commercial comes on. Apparently, there's also a video of her singing it to a Tamagotchi. What? It's an ASPCA. Type in Sarah McLaughlin Tamagotchi. Wow. Huh. <laughs> that's that's uh, funny. The motorcycle one. I've I, I sw- I'm gonna try to find this one. The one for Georgia. I I, I <laughs> swear it was in Georgia too. It, it, it might be. Yeah. So. Oh, fur kids. Bu- I think it fur kids. No. Oh no. Yes, there we go. I found it. Yes. All right. I'll, I don't know if we. I, I mean, I could just cut it and post, but like, I'll send it to you. You can watch it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure this. Oh, is it for kids? Is this this Atlanta shelter mm-hmm. commercial? Yeah. Okay. It's pretty hilarious. Nice. All right. We we will we'll certainly watch it. Probably don't need to do it real time, but oh, no. we'll definitely uh, I'll definitely watch this. I, I have it pulled it. up now. I knew it was in Georgia. Nice. That's, that's how I knew. Very cool. I wonder where it is. Uh, I don't know. Somewhere in Georgia. Atlanta Somewhere in Atlanta. Is. Wherever. That doesn't really mean because you know I'm not that far from Atlanta. No. Uh, hmm, for kids. All right. Let's just look at. I'm just gonna type it into uh, to Google Maps. About us. For kids. Locations. So, location. There it is. Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Oh, there's one in Alpharetta, too. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I guess they... Actually, there's actually a Fur Kids thrift store, too, that probably helps raise money. Nice. For the, for the shelter. That is actually the closest to me. Oh, wow. That's actually not very far at all for me. Huh. Awesome. Nice. That's cool. Maybe I'll have time for a field trip, and we'll, uh, I'll take some... Some some pictures or whatever. Yeah, the commercial. But anyway, is hilarious. You, know, you know who doesn't? You know who doesn't need to be adopted? No, I mean I, Doom Whisper. Doom Whisper. So, question A: Is this okay. better than Shriek Maw? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, like probably not, only because of the flexibility of Shriek Maw. Yeah. Question two. Is this okay. better than every other five mana black creature like Custody Lich and every other one that people have tried to convince themselves is good, like Priest of the Ye- whatever? Yes. 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 Like I, remember, I think I remember seeing somebody saying this is like Custody Lich is better. I'm like, no, this card is significantly no. better. <laughs> no. By the way, it's a 6-6. Six, six. Yeah. Back in my day, I had Org. Org from Fallen Empires. <laughs> Mighty Org. Yep. My, right. Back in my day, 
the six sixes were goblins and needed you to have more creatures than your opponent to be able to attack. Yep. Yeah. What was that goblin called? Goblin goon. It was a goblin goon. Yep. The, the <laughs> yep. Because there were Splunkies, which was you know the three three version. Yeah, it couldn't. And then attack goon well. was the four mana version. Yeah. Well, Splunkies, so you needed to have more creatures. Splunkies have, can't attack alone. Right. Goon, you have to have can't more attack creatures. or block alone. But goon, you just actually have to have more creatures. Yeah. Yeah. This card's. I, I don't know. I don't know how much more to say about this card. I mean, we've talked it's, about like fur kids and whatever instead of talking about the actual card. Because <laughs> right. Because we just don't need to. <laughs> this card's absurd. Because card's absurd, run it, yeah, max, yeah, about good lord. Blah, blah. Um, All right, and so you said you like the Midnight Reaper so far. It's, so it's been fine. Midnight Reaper is not, not a card that I would have would have occurred to me. Uh, it's uh, So Midnight Reaper is two and a black for a 3-2 zombie knight. Yeah. So it hits potentially some tribal interactions. Um, whenever a non-token creature you control dies, Midnight Reaper deals one damage to you, and you draw a card. Yeah, it, I mean... I, I like the other three mana black creature better, but oh. yeah, like this this thing's pretty solid. Like it lets you get resources for when your creatures die, non-token creatures. You know, essentially you trade up a card so they can't like remove you out as easily. Like mm-hmm. if it came between this one and the next card, the next card is definitely it's put been definitely better. For me. Right, and 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 I think part of it too is purely because well, I mean, for one, it's got a better tribal interaction, and this is we're talking about Plaguecrafter here. Oh yeah. So, Plaguecrafter also two and a black for a three two, but this one's a human shaman, and it's got you know a fleshbag marauder esque sort of ability when it enters the battlefield. Each player sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. And then each player who can't discards a card. Yep. So, like, Fleshbag Marauder's already pretty close to being good enough for inclusion. Yeah. Is uh, One thing, thing I think is has been interesting about uh, Playcrafter is, like, the times when, like, the times that the opponent has a creature and you have a creature to upgrade, quote-unquote, with a Fleshbag Marauder, those times are just absurd, like... You make them sacrifice their Doom Whisperer, and you sacrifice your 1-1, you know, dummy dum dum into a 3-1. That's just like, whoa. 3-2, by the way. Oh, yeah. 3-2. Yeah, but, like, with this thing, yeah, A, it's bigger. It's a 3-2, which is cool. But, it's like, even on those board states where your opponent just doesn't have anything, you could still just, you still, well, not just can. I've definitely seen that happen where you just run it out there, and, like, they either lose a Planeswalker or... Worst case, they discard a card, which is still fine. Right, at least you get something for it. Yeah, I've never seen it get straight up nothing. It usually at least gets something, which is cool. Well, sure, it has to get something, right? Well, they, they like, could unless be... Unless their board is empty and they have no cards. Yeah. Yeah, if they're like... But even then, it's like, I'm just upgrading this creature. Like, you're probably winning at that point if they don't have mm-hmm. creatures, planeswalkers, or cards in hand. Yep. So, yeah, this card is super nice. I've really liked it. Like good old douchebag marauder. And like it's a little awkward. Like y- it, you may not be able to hit planeswalkers as easily if your opponent's in white or green, because you know Elspeth and sure. Garrick's like spit out dudes. But that's fine. 
Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, you might be able to get white ones if they're control ones. They're like Wrath of God mm-hmm. with their Gideon or whatever afterwards. Yeah. And then you're just like, well, here's this thing. Sacrifice your planeswalker. Yep. Like the thing that I was never going to be able to deal with because it has indestructible every time it attacks. Mm-hmm. Like now you just lose it instead. Yeah. And if you're like, it's pretty powerful. And like if your opponent has a creature and a planeswalker, they get to choose. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Like <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> There's my thumbs up. Yeah, this card's no. great. Problem. Yeah, I really yeah, I like, like it. Play crafter a lot. What do you think of this ritual so, soot thing? Okay, so what was the original one? The five mana one that came consume from the uh, uh, consume the meek. Yeah, I always thought about that card being included because that card is, you know, pretty darn good. Like, but it, you know, and which is also basically same effect. Mm-hmm. The only thing is with Consume the Meek is that it was instant. Yeah. So so we lose that part, uh, and it can't be regenerated, whatever. Yeah. Um, mostly irrelevant, because like, things just don't regenerate anymore, and that's not really a thing that happens. Oh, I totally forgot about so, that like, part, but yeah. Uh, so that's mostly irrelevant. So like, the instant speed is a good thing, too. But you know what? Like, For the control decks, like the black control decks, like... This is likely as good at uh, pretty close to a wrath against the aggressive deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when you know when it's cast on turn four or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like obviously it doesn't hit their four drops or things like that, but I, I don't know. I could see this finding uh, a home in cubes where you're just like, man, like the aggressive decks. Like I really wanted like kind of tune a little bit and maybe like my aggressive decks are too strong. So maybe instead of weakening the uh, aggressive decks, which let the mid range decks go crazy, maybe as a way to just try to strengthen the control deck some in that matchup, like maybe this is a card you add, but I don't think there's room necessarily in, in my cube, but I certainly think it's fairly powerful. It's just obviously not remotely as good as something like damnation, right? Cause you just can't cast it whenever. But, you know, if you play with sideboards, which I don't, which is also makes this card worse mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is certainly a card that is is can be, you know, a, a possibility. Certainly, certainly not embarrassing if you're playing with sideboards. Mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting, and I don't think it's a card that people will talk about. Yeah. It's, well, it's like a four mana thing too which is weird yeah four is just so jammed in all the colors like four mana is just like the the, the breaking point for like ridiculously good cards mm-hmm. it felt like it used to be not as much in all colors but i feel like in all colors it's pretty much just like yeah here's all, uh, here's everything except like green i guess green green green's the one that green's the one that's not that way yeah green i don't really feel like it has any mana cost that can't be freed up yeah i'm never like oh green blanks are awesome mm-hmm. i just don't have that thought about anything like yeah green ones are the only one that i'm just like you have to be pretty good to be a green one to make it i think yeah because how good of how because of just like the nature of how good like lanawar elves and ilk are mm-hmm. i i think that that's the one that might be tougher to break in than anything, but I'm never like, 
Oh, green whatever. Yeah, green Ooh, green four is really tough. Yeah. Green four is green threes, green twos, green fives, green sixes. I'm just like, no, 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 no. Yeah, they're all just like, nope. nah. Yeah. Nope. Always room for improvement. Yep. Maybe that just tells us that green's uh, not in a great place. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But this thing's, I, I don't know. I think it's okay. Like, I don't think you know, the, the control decks, I don't know if they, like, a plague wind is something they really need per se. And also it's kind of awkward, like, in the matchups where, like, controller, you know, it's like control. Oh, yeah, oh, it's real bad in those matchups, yeah, obviously. Like, Here's a uh, whatever. It's However, like, it does kill all their stupid tokens. Yeah. Which, you know, they will, you know. A lot of the control decks will find ways to generate tokens. Mm-hmm. So, what do you mean? Might not be 100% dead, but whatever. Hey, we got Knight Incarnate. There we go. That's the five drop. The five drop we all wanted. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I think I remember when I... T- I forget what I said about it in the Battle Bond episode, but no. I don't know. This card just seems... It's just a powerful effect because the Consume the Meek was... Like, for me, like, at the time, like, borderline, like, for inclusion, like, huh. But I think it's, again, it might be mostly because of the magic word. Yeah. Yeah, the magic word is OP. Yep. 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 All right, any other black cards you would like to uh, mention? Not really. Like, I wish Pilfering Imp was better, but I think if it didn't require a tap, I would like it more, but uh, no... Yeah, not, there's not really much. What about, uh. Yeah, Pilfering Imp, I think, needs the tap symbol to be not dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Poor. Poor Pilfering Imp. What do you think of Red? Red's got some hot cards. Yeah, Red's got some, Red's got some nice ones. Yeah. Uh, Red's got some ones too that, you know, are, you know, you're like, oh. Like, you have a couple that are like, oh yeah, you should definitely run this. And then it has a couple that are just like, huh, yeah, I can see that. So, like, an unexciting but, like, super solid one that should probably be in cubes is Goblin Crater Maker. Yeah, that card's that card's just really like, good. Yeah, one in a red for a 2-2, just a grizzly bear. But it has pay one to sacrifice it to deal two to a creature or destroy target colorless non-land permanent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, artifact I, idiot. I remember when I saw that, and I was just like, "Wow, these hearth commies or whatever." Oh yeah, they've come a long way since hearth commie. Yeah, tor- oh, yeah, boy, torch fiend, whatever the reveler oh, is. Boy, yeah, yeah, they've come along. This one's, yeah, this one's real nice. Yeah, it's the fact that it dings a creature is great. It is a little annoying that like. If you went in the aggressive decks, like you lose when you sacrifice it, obviously you lose it as part of your curve. But I mean, whatever, that's fine. You killed their right, thing. but you're probably doing it because you need to kill their thing. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't kill their thing, it's going to make you lose. You so you get to utilize a resource that you have. Yep. That is that is just fine as like a, a dude. Like it's not spectacular, but it's like you know pretty uh, pretty solid. Yeah, you know, pretty baseline for, like, minimum requirements. Mm-hmm. Like, you need your, you know, 486 Pentium 90. That's, like, your minimum requirements. Like, hmm. it needs to be, like, a 2-2 two, two for 2. <laughs> I, may, I may have just stated myself there. 
<laughs> you know, 486, Sound Blaster. Right, so- Sound Blaster Plus. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, no Tandy Sound Driver. Gotta be Sound Blaster. No, no, no. <laughs> Sound Blaster Plus. <laughs> Tandy. For 486, but P90 recommended. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta get that Pentium in there. Right, right. Yeah. It's what's inside. Yep. That card's... God, Crater Maker's so good. Speaking of goblins... Yeah, there's another card that doesn't care about goblins, but it's a it's a goblin. Mr. Lee. He is the boss. War boss, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two in a red. Three in a red. Oh, yeah. Yep, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> two in a red, two-two, with Mentor, which is whenever this creature attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on a target attacking creature with less power. Uh, at the beginning of combat, make a one-one token. It gains haste until end of combat, and it has to attack. You know, I totally realized, I don't think we read aloud Doom Whisperer. I totally don't think we did. So, so Doom Whisper. All right, let me see if I can do it without with, without looking at it. So, three black, black, six, six, flying, trample. Yeah. Uh, pay two life, surveil two. And and the creature types. Nightmare demon. Yeah. Sweet. Yep. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, I totally. I was like. Because I, I was thinking, like, if I was going to read out Legion War Boss, I was actually going to say Menace instead of Mentor. And I was like, Menace? Nope. <laughs> nope. Not Menace. No. So, have you seen the uh, storyline that someone, like, put, what is it, uh, Goblin, or Boros Recruit? Oh, yeah. Uh, Legion Loyalist. Boros Recruit, Legion Loyalist, Legion War Boss next to each other? Mm-hmm. And it kind of looks like he, he's all grown up. Yeah, he grew up. He's like, ah. He's all grown up. I do like, yeah, in Legion Loyalist art, he's just like this little dude. And like the the scope, you know, it's like this little goblin and like there's these huge soldiers and this, they they kind of look really stationary, the soldiers. Mm-hmm. I only am noticing this because I'm literally looking at the art itself. But it's like mm-hmm. these goblins are, all, I mean, the soldiers are all just kind of stationary. And then Legion Loyalist looks very, almost kind of like the token art for... The goblins in in this set is just very active. He's got like this hand out. He's got his sword behind him. Like he's he's on the move. Where these other guys right. are just like, eh, they're walking. It looks like. Actually, now that I'm looking at the the feet, it looks like the the soldiers are walking. But that's about it. They're walking. This goblin's just like running. He's like, you're dead. And yeah, he grew up. He's he's got a legion now. And a fancy little crown or whatever that is on his helmet. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of it on the Legion Loyalist art too, like some kind of hat thing. I, I guess he got promoted. I mean, obviously. Yeah, this card. I think this card's great. I mean, it's it's yet another like thing that spits out creatures, like you know, Najeelah. But I, I'm pretty sure it's it's not Rabble Master. I don't think. I mean, no. It doesn't let you snowball past huge creatures like Rabbles can. Correct. Like, that was the awkward thing when playing against it. So it's like, I have this huge thing that can block rabbles, but I've got all these other stupid goblins coming at me. And this doesn't, but you still can pump up your smaller dudes. Would you say this is bigger, th- better than, like, Najila? Or, I feel like it's better than better than the Hanweir. 
the two three. Ah, probably better than Hanware. Yeah. Uh, because it doesn't expose itself in combat to make the tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you really want full value, you really do have to attack with it. Cause that's, you know, a lot of the value is get, you know, that your one, one guys become two twos every turn. Yeah. Because you're attacking with them. So, I mean, I think there's a nice balance there. So Najila, I've actually gone back and forth on a little bit. Um, I had an opportunity to pick one up, but I'm just like, okay, this card seems like this card's really good. But like, how exciting is this card? It's just kind of like, uh, I mean, it's attacking for three. Yeah. That's pretty exciting to me. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's just like, I, I'm not sure how, if I want to make the investment to get a foil one for the effect that it has. Oh, okay. I, I'm sure I will get one eventually, but, but yeah, so it's probably not as good as that, but it's probably, uh, it's probably better than, than Hanware. Yeah. By the way, remember how embarrassing red threes were not that long ago? Yeah, wait, that's something that was like, you know, some, Fire Imp? Yeah. I mean, Fire Imp is fine. It's just like not the best aggressive creature. No. It's just like. And then there'll be times where your opponents don't have creatures and you just can't cast your three drop. I'll upgrade my goblin. Into it. Yeah, it's like the worst. I'll upgrade flashback. my one one into I'll upgrade my one, my two one for one for a two one for three. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe my jackal pup. It takes two now, but it could have taken like five next turn. Right, it could have taken five <laughs> way later. I'm not putting it out of its misery. Yeah. We're just making sure. We just don't want it to suffer. Oh, and get this Sarah McLaughlin out of here. <laughs> we can make like a little video of like Brad like arguing with people like that it's not in his cube anymore and show like, you know, the, the, the jackal pup like being slid into a binder page. Oh yeah. Won't you re- won't you rescue these poor pups? Just make a just make a popper cube. It'll, it'll go right in there. Ooh, do you mean a pupper cube? Oh. That was me hitting a pen against the floor. And it just a clap. Or there we go. So that ting. That was good, by the way. That was quite good. Thank you. We 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 each got a, we each got one in. All right. This card's How about great. Risk Factor? I, I've really liked Risk Factor. That card's great. Okay, you know why I like Risk Factor? Uh, <laughs> it's got the magic word on it. Oh, yeah. It's got the magic word. Go- goblin. It's amazing. It has it's amazing. The magic word is damage. Does, does it say goblin on any there anywhere? <laughs> it, looks like some, it, looks like the, uh, it looks like the robotic DJ from, like, Samurai Jack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Is it like this goblin that's all hooked up, and he's like figuring out if he wants to press the button? Right, like, do I want to press the button or not? But like, where's the reward? Like, what is he learning? What is he doing? Yeah, I'm not quite sure exactly what's happening. Maybe it's, I mean, I guess it could be if it's like measure his response, but it looks like he's in like this. But he looks like to be the one who's in control of it. Obviously, the red button is the, do we press the red button? What happens? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking maybe it's like it's like the Ren and Stimpy. Like, don't you want to push? The, don't push the shiny red button, the big giant red button. Yep. Yeah. When they have the space madness. Ah, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like something they would do. Yeah, I've I've really liked this card. It's so it was something we brought up in in a group chat that Anthony and I are are in, and I didn't really get an answer, <laughs> but. What's the lowest life total you can realistically take damage from 
from Risk Factor, and we'll say in cube. Okay. So, so the correct answer is probably just five. That's the lowest? I mean, because it doesn't kill you, right? Like, it's very hand dependent, mm-hmm. I think. Because if like, all right, well, if, if life is a, if, if life is a resource, which it is, and you have some ways to interact, then like the correct answer is probably five. Yeah, that sounds right. Because if you have some ways to interact. Now, if depending on hand or whatever, if it's one of those things where like the only way you can, you know, where you're dying is to something like a redraw of a lightning bolt, then that changes the math or whatever, right? You're just like, all right, I can take four, like I, maybe I, or like, you know, he's got a million bolts in his hand. I can't take four because I know he's got at least, a, he's going to in the next, you know, turn cycle probably have a three damage burn spell. Then maybe the, then maybe the correct answer is eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that's the harder part. It's like in cube, you don't, there aren't as many good bolts. Like the, the good bolts are good, but it kind of, like that bar kind of goes down quick. Like it's nowhere near as like the burn deck or whatever, or in other formats where they have like access to four bolts, four mm. rift bolts, four lava spikes or whatever. But that's essentially like the lava spike deck or the bolt deck. Sure. But like, but I mean, it's it's certainly very draw dependent. Yeah. Like, because there are times where like you know even playing in standard some where they're like they literally like tap their three mana and I'm already like subtracting four from my life total. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah, don't care. Yeah. And then there are other times where it's just like, don't care what you draw, because I don't think you can draw me out to kill me. Mm-hmm. I just need an extra turn. So I really don't care if you draw extra cards, because I don't think your cards can kill me. Yeah. Before I can, you know, take something over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think, like, so, I mean, the correct answer is probably, I mean, the correct answer, I mean, I know that sounds stupid to say five, but like, I, I understand the thought exercise. I, I understand what you're getting at. Like, okay, what's the, it's kind of like the question I asked earlier, like how many ways do you need to make tokens in order to make this good? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think the, the correct number is for that? But like this one is just so dependent upon other variables. The problem with this card, not only is it being instant, is that you get to cast it twice. Yeah. Yeah, at instant speed. That's what makes this card, I think, pretty backbreaking. Yeah, it's, and that, I think that too is just like, it was the thing with Browby is this like, it wasn't so much like it gives your opponent a choice. I mean, that's a drawback for sure, but that wasn't what made it bad. I think it's very easy for people to like mentally shortcut to be like, these Punisher cards are bad because they give your opponent a choice, and like a lot of them were just garbage, like book burning or whatever it was just like destroy a non-basic land or take six or like mill yourself or mill somebody unless you take whatever and it's like who cares what what are these it's like completely different axes that like don't matter it's just like do i want a wrath or take damage like what what no this doesn't make sense at all and just a lot of the other cards were just, like, like when they had Tribute, like, a lot of the cards were just on their own, just really situational and just mediocre oh. on their own. 
But, like, this is interesting, I've found... I mean, I've seen people play it, too, in non-aggressive decks, and that's just, like, user error. Like, if you're playing this in your control deck, like, you messed up. Or you're evaluating the card wrong. Or both. Ah. But, yeah, it's definitely not... Yeah, so this is pretty much... But it's the same thing with, like, Vortex. Like, you're not playing Vortex in your control deck. Like if you're No, but the, the problem with Vortex in your control deck is that it kills you first. Yeah. Like, unless it's literally the actual mirror, and you have some ways to do damage. Because, like, now, if I'm playing a control deck, <laughs> maybe you run Risk Factor and Vortex in it. Because you're like Risk Factor, they're like... Take four. Mm-hmm. You're like flash it back. They're like take four. You're like vortex. They're <laughs> like crap. <laughs> oh no! And then and then they try to do stuff. And you're like yeah, counter that. No, nope, counter that. Mm-hmm. Nope. So like maybe in that context you can get people that w- like. But that, that's like the example of like two wrongs make a right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This I mean, first recorded example in history where two wrongs make a right. Yeah. You'll double negative. Double negative. No, that card's that card's not good. No. But I think this card's I mean, also it's just eight damage. You know, just the threat of it is also just really good. Yeah, man, it, the fact that it's instant and the fact that you cast it twice are just awesome. Yeah. I, awesome. I think sometimes with evaluations like people get into the habit of just like assuming something happens and then it's like game over. It's like, they cast Risk Factor, and it's like, I take four, and it's like, okay, game, game over. Like, their card sucks because they wasted a bunch of mana. But it's like, that's not how games realistically happen. Like, they, they have the same um, choice next turn, where it's just like, right. okay, do you take four? Like, and this is something I'm going to bring up in my article whenever it gets written. So, it was game three, I'm playing a r- aggressive Rakdos deck, and... You know, we're kind of in the, like, I'm mostly red, and I'm, like, splashing black for, like, uh, Gravecrawler and Bloodsoak Champion, so I can have some extra reach. And we're both kind of in top deck mode. And he knows I have a Zealous Conscripts in my hand. And an Unknown card, and a Risk Factor in the Graveyard. He's at 10. Okay. I flashback Risk Factor. I think I do it during main phase. So I flashback Risk Factor, pitch the other unknown card. Well, I probably should have just pitched Zealous Conscripts, but I pitched the other unknown card. In response to a Mind Twist for two. So he's like, Mind Twist you for two. And I'm like, okay. Uh, flashback Risk Factor. So he's in this weird situation where he's at ten, taking four puts him at six versus this aggressive deck, and I have a Zealous mm-hmm. Conscripts in my hand. And he's like, right, but you'll discard it because you only have three cards in hand. You'll cast that, and then you'll discard the Zealous Conscripts. I think he did it for less than he didn't do it for the entire amount. I think he did it. For, he did it for a way that you can keep a card, basically. He did it for two because my hand was two. So he was just like in the tank for a while, and then was just like, yeah, I have to counter this. The uh, the risk factor. So I lost my Zealous Conscripts, and eventually. Like, Claude, you know, came back in one. But if he didn't have the counter spell, it would have been really interesting. Whereas, like, I guess I 
because like that chasm, there's a big difference between it's like in if somebody casts like a lava spike against you in like Champions Limited or whatever Masters Edition, but I'd probably say Champions Limited. Like there's a big difference between somebody doing that turn one, like if you're playing just regular Champions Limited, somebody goes lava spike you turn one. You're probably going to say, okay, my opponent mulled the six. And I had to go to 17 to do it, but my opponent mulled the six, and I'm okay with this exchange. Same thing if, like, somebody casts a spark elemental on you. Turn one, you go to, you, you t- go to 17, but your opponent mulled the six. As opposed to if they did it in, like, a burn deck in, you know, mm-hmm. the format, because that that's their critical mass, that's how they're winning. Whereas, like, in a limited format, they're probably just casting, like, five mana, four fours, and whatever. And sure. a lava spike probably isn't going to matter. But on that axis, in the burn deck, it does. And a lot of times, in cube, and it was something I talked with my friend uh, Francis, we kind of talk about cube a good amount, and was talking about how the red decks in cube are more creature-based than they are, like, in other formats, like, you know, like, in than in, like, the burn deck or whatever. So you might just draw, like, a Fire Drinker Seder and, like, a Kelda Marauders and just, like, some other random dude that doesn't matter. Or you might just burn, draw off some burn. Like, it's it's a really interesting thing, but it still works on that same kind of axis. TLDR, I think, part's very good. It's It's been working pretty well. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. That's my uh, contribution. There you go. I dig it. Yeah, I, I've gotten to play it a little bit in uh, uh, standard, current standard right now, mm-hmm. and it, 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 it builds some awkward situations, that's for sure. And the fact that you get to cast it twice is just like... Uh, yeah. I think if you couldn't flash it back... It, 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 no, no good. Yeah, it would I don't think be, it's remotely it, close no. to being good if it's if it's... And, like, you know, original Browbeat, yeah, it did five, but it was also sorcery speed. Again, yeah. didn't have the magic word. Yep. Yeah. All right, what about it. Runaway Steamkin? I, this is a card that's gotten some traction in Standard. Um, so I'm, and, like, um, I'm, I'm curious what you think. I've kind of, like, tried to jam it in some decks, and it kind of hits this weird trope where it's, like, it's, a, it's like a mediocre top deck, but, like, maybe it's there for, like, the non-aggressive red decks, but like, it's some kind of small thing that can be like a mana battery, because it grows for free. And... Right. I guess that's the main thing, is that it's free when it grows. It can make free mana. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've been okay. So, if you are... Right. So, if you are one of the, the people out there that like to run, like, the Storm decks in cube. I think this is a, a card that you can run that can potentially see play in multiple archetypes that you can find it. You can play it in your red aggressive decks, but you also just get this like pseudo enabler for your storm decks also mm-hmm. that you might not have had previously. Yeah. Which I think is kind of neat. Um, so I think in, in that capacity, it's pretty good. And, you know, like a lot of aggressive cards are, are kind of crappy. Like when you, when you play them on, you know, late game or whatever, some are better than others. Right. So things like, what is it, Dragon Whisperer, mm-hmm. you know, you can level up and, and do some stuff with, you know. There are some aggressive cards that just, you know, uh, 
uh, figure of destiny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, I drew it late. Like, but that's okay. Like, I have a mana sink or whatever. This one obviously doesn't really necessarily have that. But like, let, let's say you just cast it on curve, right? Like, you're like one drop. This is your two drop. Cast a three drop. It becomes a two two. So it's attacking like much like Crater Maker. It's attacking for two on you know the first time it can attack. And most likely the next turn, it's probably attacking for three or four. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not going to get any bigger than that. But what you can also do is you can get in that situation, too, where you're just like, I just have this free mana that I can cast extra spells and not lose damage in the attacking race. Mm-hmm. Like, I just get to remove a counter from this and bolt them. And I still, and I get the, you know, I get the counter right back. Or, you know, I can remove this to, to bolt their blocker out of the way, and I'm not losing any damage. We have to remove where all I the counters. I might not been able to do that. Do you really? Yeah, you have to remove all three counters to get three red. Oh, I misread that. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't like this as much then. Yeah, it, it does definitely take down the damage. I guess you, it lets you... Oh, I didn't realize that. It does let you... I, I just did not read it right. It is interesting, like you said, for, like, as a storm enabler... But yeah, you. But yeah, but I mean, I okay. I mean, I, I still think it's you know, it's probably still fine. Yeah. Obviously, this thing is nuts if you have multiples of it. Oh yeah. Which is why it's, it has like some traction and standard mm-hmm. because you have the the, uh, the the four mana enchantment that lets you play. You know, it's like Future Sight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Experimental Frenzy. Yep. And you just get to like. You get to go off. Play infinite stuff and just go off or whatever, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah, essentially you just, here's this, 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 oh, tr- add three red, do, 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 get my three mana back, yep, 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 yep. Right, and it's just like, all right, we do this, we do this, oh, we have six mana available, all right, cast this, cast this, cast this, oh, look, we're still going. Mm-hmm. Hope, hope, hope I don't hit a land. Yep. Don't double land me, bro. So, yeah, I don't know, I think it's interesting. But yeah, like the, uh, being able, having to remove all three certainly hurts some. But like you know, maybe maybe then you get to do stupid stuff like you know, all right, I didn't get enough aggressive, like a mono red, and I had to take like a you know a, an Inferno Titan, and I wasn't able to like, so I had this aggressive deck with Inferno Titan or this dragon in it, mm-hmm. which has happened to me before, and like now all of a sudden you have an extra way to cast it without having to find six lands. Yeah. So I mean. I, I know that's a, hey, this might work when your deck is slightly suboptimal. I know that's kind of like making up excuses for it to be included, but I do think the, the storm thing is a, uh, is a valid, mm-hmm. you know, it is a valid thing that you can get, you can get double use out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice, interesting, well, side use. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little, little outside the box a little bit. Yeah. All right. How about green? No, oh, did you want to talk about experimental frenzy? Eh. I think it's interesting. Like, eh. I've been wanting to try the card out, but it, it's it's another one of those cards. I guess kind of like risk factor where I think it's the better your deck or the more low to the ground is this deck. You know, it, it's it's pretty absurd, but it's weird where it's a four drop that doesn't end the game immediately like it does for a lot of ones but it usually does later in those red but it has like some weird caveats like 
splashes are weird, and like five drops and whatever are weird. Like everyone else trying it out, it's like, oh, here's a Celis conscripts. Cool. <laughs> I gotta time walk myself to be able to use this thing. But I think it's fine. I'm I'm trying it out and it's interesting. I think. Yeah. Again, probably fine in the storm decks. Yeah. Yeah. This pretty much. I think this is a great like carryover card for storm because like you can just chain them up, cast this thing. Like you essentially just stop when you hit like two lands, but you get fetches to stop that, which is nice too. That you don't get in places like standard. I think that's interesting. Oh, interesting it certainly is. Mm-hmm. It also occupies that lovely spot. Yep. Of being four mana. Yep. I think this is probably better than like Outpost Siege or whatever. Yeah, maybe. If for, I think for like the low to the ground decks, it definitely is. But like for decks that have more like threes and fours. Right, like the mid-range, like the board control decks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, if I was playing, if it was, there was no way in in Hellspark Elemental that I would play, (laughs) 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 that I would play, uh, out, Experimental Frenzy in that deck. And it is nice that the cards aren't lost forever. They do get kind of lost. Because you can just pay four and destroy it. Yeah. Yeah, essentially you get two hands, but. I find it interesting that it's destroy it. And not sacrifice it. Huh. Wow, that is weird. That is... Huh. Yeah, that does... Huh. I guess it's flavor. That's the only thing I can think of, is if it's like... You're... The only thing I can really think of is, like... The A, this has to be for flavor. B, I think that it is because, like, with sacrifice, it seems like you're doing it for a resource. Like, that's a flavor. Like, you're, you're sacrificing this to the gods or whatever. But it feels like with Experimental Frenzy, if it's being destroyed, like, you're actively doing it because, like, you know, your experiment went wrong. And it's like, uh oh, I got a, I got a abandoned ship, like this weird. Right, or but but you could also just like scuttle it, right? Like, all right, like th- this is not going well. We're just gonna, you know, set a set the self destruct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though I destruct has destroy, it's a version of it, mm-hmm. but it still seems like you're sacrificing it. Yeah. You know, like we're not like plunging a dagger into its heart or whatever, but yeah. This, I don't know. It's just weird that, like, that it's, is, like, your own permanent, and it says destroy. That is so weird. Yeah. I would... Yeah, this whole time I assumed it's a sacrifice. And that would make more sense. I'm just trying to figure out why. It also just could right. be... Something. Is there another card? Is there another interaction that we don't see? Maybe yet? Maybe in the next set. Because the card's not printed yet? I mean, it could be something in Rakdos. Because they like I to sacrifice things. There could be some weird sacrifice payoff. Or, or, or whenever a blank of yours is destroyed, do something. Oh, yeah. Yeah? I don't know. Yes. Huh. I like it. Like it's a thumbs up. I don't know. This thought. All right. What do you think? Green. I think of... Uh, green. So... There's not, not a whole lot. Not a lot, right? No. Like, 
And it's a lot of the same kind of stuff that we've already seen. So, like, I think Pelt Collector is, is interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's quite good enough. I, but mean, I think it's interesting. It's because, well, first of all, you have to be running green, like hard green aggro. Like, your green aggro has to be something. Now, now granted, it is an elf. It is a warrior, which both could interact in some way, right? Aforementioned the Gila, mm-hmm. you know, el- you know, there, you know, some borderline elf tribal stuff. But the fact that it triggers on the way in and on the way out. Like, that's interesting. I think it's interesting. How is this getting, the, like... The, the thing that I don't like is that it's not power or toughness. It has to be power. One thing I'm wondering is, like, how do you... Like, whenever I tried this out, and I'm not really, quote-unquote, supporting green aggro or whatever, like, it's... I'm not running, like, two... Sometimes green just does that, yeah. though, right? Like, you just have, like, these, like, efficient creatures, and yeah. sometimes you just... Your deck does that. The weird thing is, like, it never got above a 3-3, three, three, and, like, realistically... I'm not sure, like, what kind of... It, it feels v- quite difficult for an aggressive deck to get, like, 4-4s, four you know? Like, like, they're curve toppers for sure. Like, you're not playing this in decks with, like, mid-rangey beasts or whatever. No. Like and if... No, but I could see decks in, in your green decks, you could have things, you know, uh, where your, your guys end in 5, like your 5-5s. Five because sometimes your five mana guys act as fours because of your elves. Yeah. I'm just not sure I would want Pelt Collector in that deck, though. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly it's certainly big enough where it's almost always going to be two on turn two. It should almost always be three on turn three. Yeah. And then, like, if they kill your big guys, then they have this as a an extra threat, right? So... Yeah. If they kill your 4-4 and this thing's a 3-3, like, they're obviously going to pick to kill the 4-4 or the 5-5 first, Mm -hmm. then this thing becomes a bigger threat. So, you know, I I can see a little bit like that. The problem is, is, like, I think there's significantly less big dumb idiots in green than there used to be. Yeah. Like, the you know, the natural home for something like this in standard right now, for example, is like, okay, well, I get to play, like, Steel Leaf, you know, I get to play this thing on 2 that's a 2-3 or 3-2 or whatever. Yeah. So that's going to grow it. And Galta. Uh, and then, then, then I'm going to play a... Right, then I'm going to play a 5-4 for 3 and Steel Leaf Champion, and that's going to grow it. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe I play something like Nullhide Ferox, which is a 6 on turn 4, or maybe I just go ahead and play Galta at that point. And, by the way, Galta's probably going to be bigger than it on the way in and the way out. You know, yep. like... So, so, you know, there's a lot of, like, ways to interact with it favorably. Mm-hmm. Like, but the the fact that it doesn't, that it only triggers on power, I think makes it a little less good. Yeah. Obviously, it's not experiment one because you don't get to regenerate it either. I think that's one of the, the, the really neat things about experiment one is the ability to regenerate. Yeah. And I think is that when they wrath or whatever with it, if it's, if it's a non-regenerating one, if it's a, you know, non-regeneration Pack, yeah, it does. Then lose, you get to like keep your guy around. It does lose some significant power when you evolve it. You know, when you sack, when you uh, you know, lose those counters, but it's it's still alive. Right, it's still alive, and it it may still have a counter on it. Mm-hmm. And like you get to start the beats again. Yep. Or you know you have a creature to play after they sweep before the next combat, and then at least you're attacking for two or three again. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. This feels like one of those generic, like, if you play green aggro, play this. If you don't, then don't. 
like it isn't transcending any boundaries or just like giving this huge critical mass to play like a green aggressive deck, you know? No, but maybe it's more interesting though than just like your typical array of of two ones for one, because of the possibility that almost assuredly it's going to be attacking for two on turn two, but you just have like this upside. But I don't think those decks that want one of those are really looking are really in the shape to be cutting them right now. There's not like this huge amount of green one drops right now. Right. But you know, maybe it winds up in like, you know, if, uh, with the, the good man is deck or whatever, right. Where you get to play this on one and then like two, two drops on two. I don't know. I, I don't think it's a card. I don't think it's a, with, with how green is going and that like, there are just two other colors that do the green is the creature color, but there are two other colors that do beat down better. Yeah. Which is so awkward, but, that's the truth. Like, if you want to be an attacking deck, like, you're like, I want to be red and or white. Like, the fact that, like, green is number three or possibly number four it's on four. that list. It's definitely four. It's just like, ugh. Like, this is depressing. But yet, every single card, almost every single time we mention green cards, what are what kind of creature type or what kind of, like, card type are they? They're mostly creatures. Mm-hmm. So, like, if all we mention is creatures, how come the green creature decks aren't, uh, you know, a thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I think green is really kind of bleh right now. You know, every color takes their, every color but blue kind of takes their turn as the worst color in cube. Yeah, for a while it was white, it felt like. For a white it was a while. And, for, and it was black for a while, for sure. Like, I don't think red's ever been the worst color, but red's possibly the most boring color. Yeah. The least least interesting, mainly due to the fact that all the cards do the same thing always. For a while, when people were like kind of phoning in their aggro support, it was mainly just like the burn color. Like it was, so, you would just play a bunch of bolts or whatever, but it still wasn't right. It's not bad. It's just kind of one, you know, one way. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of interesting stuff in there which is why I like supporting like the board control red deck. So at least there's a way to, you know, that to play red differently than just her to her, attack you for two, her to her, attack you for four, vulture thing, attack you for, th- for six. Her, her, isn't this fun? Mm-hmm. I am. Now granted, sometimes it is fun. I was about to say it's fun for me. <laughs> but, right. It's, I mean, it is the fun police deck, but it's just weird that like the, the predominant creature color is just like, bleh. Mm-hmm. so yeah. So, so, so speaking of which, uh, what about Nullhide Ferox? I like, I like this thing. It's more of like a, it's much more of a Frost Titan than a Thrun, but it's large. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, green, green fours aren't necessarily the, the strongest thing in the world. But, you know, it, it certainly is gigantic. Like, but again, is this something you want to be doing in green? Yeah, and that's the big question. Like, yes, but even then it still doesn't feel great enough. It dies to bolt, or dies to doom blades, but it just requires some more mana. So, you know, I don't know. Meh. It is right. gigantic. It's probably the abyss for the most part. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because, like, even if it's, like, okay, it loses all abilities and you can, like, give it, like, not give it hexproof, you're still not killing it probably with a damage spell. No. It is a 6-6. Six, six. So, like, you're you're using a lot of mana and resources for your opponent to try to kill this thing. Mm-hmm. So, and it's hexproof. Like, the fact that you can pants it and equipment it. Mm-hmm. I almost wish, it, like, it were Shroud and then you'd have to pay two. Because then at least you could, there's there's a balance of, okay, well, I can't target it either mm-hmm. to make it bigger unless I expose it to you. Now nobody. For you to do something to it. Nobody gets the targeting. So. Yeah. It's definitely interesting design, as cliche as that may sound. Right. And if they're like, discard a card, they're like, Liliana of the Veil, tick it up. You're like, here's a 6-6. Six, six. Yep. Suck it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, um, cool. So, like, you know, like, it's probably the most cubable version of that ability, right? Yeah, the Dodecapods. Like, the Dodecapod into, uh, Wiltleaf. Wiltleaf Liege. Champion, Wiltleaf Liege into, uh, Loxodon Spider. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most cubable version of, of that effect. Yeah. Because green's just, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm becoming more and more disenchanted with green. Yeah. Not naturalized. I, I couldn't say no, I couldn't I couldn't say it. I I I was about to say that I really wanted to do it, but it just you know. I'm becoming more naturalized with green, like just doesn't make That's sense. Let's say no, that doesn't no. Doesn't doesn't quite work. It works better as me saying it one way and then you making the joke yep. than it does trying to make the joke to begin with, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. So Yep. And the Scotty, that's, what, that's, Scotty why it's, that's why you have a co-host because if I did because if you did it by yourself you'd sound like a crazy person. That would be that would be weird. <laughs> you know it's not weird, and you know it's not crazy. Um, I, I don't know. I thought Assassin's Trophy was pretty crazy. Oh no, it, it's not crazy to run it in your in your cube. Oh, Segway. Do we have to talk about this? No, this card's absurd. Just play it. Like, okay. no matter what you well, take okay. out. This card's better, so just figure it's fine. out. It's fine. It's fine. Right, whatever you take out for, it's fine. Same like, thing with... Do you, would you like to take a Breath Decay out? Fine. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. You want to take Maelstrom Pulse out? Fine. Fine. Whatever. fine. You want to take whatever random five-drop creature du jour? Fine. That, you know, fine. Fine. Whatever. whatever. Don't care. Same with Night of Autumn. <laughs> just... Just... What a, fine. Just... Fine. Take out... Like, uh, it, like really? You want to take out, like, Kitchen Fangs? Yeah, fine. Whatever, like you probably shouldn't. There's probably something better. Yeah, just figure it out. Because you know it's because you know it's better than one kitchen fanks in your cube, like yeah. two kitchen fanks. Yeah, essentially. Like other. fine. Yeah. Like run it. Yep. You know, oh, and maybe I should take out like this sliver. Yeah, good. Yeah, take that out. Fine. Yeah. You know, the, it does that too. Yep. But whatever, whatever you want to do, it's fine. You want to take out a uh, knight of the reliquary? Yeah, fine. Yeah. Knight of autumn's fine. That's fine. Yeah, fine. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's fine. Play these cards. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever you want to take out, you know, you, you can make an argument for whatever. Take it out. Yeah, it's fine. Yep. Play it. Play this card. As long as you're playing this card, you're fine. Yeah, that's fine. What do you think of uh, Aurelia and Tajik? Because they're they're kind of similar. Kind of in- intertwined here a little bit, right? Yeah. So okay, so Aurelia is uh, two red white 
for a 2-5 flying. Mentor. Uh, at, at the beginning of upkeep on your turn, choose up to one target creature you control, and until end of turn, that creature gets plus 2, plus 0, oh, gains trample if it's red, and gains vigilant, uh, vigilance if it's white. So this is a really complicated way of saying this is a two, this is a four, five flying vigilance for four mana mm-hmm. that makes your other guys bigger. Yep. <laughs> like that's absurd, right? Yeah. Like that's... that card's patently absurd. Like you're like, oh no, it's only two, five with mentor. That doesn't seem very good. Psst. Hey buddy. It's, it's got a whole other paragraph underneath. Should probably read that one too. Like, yeah. It seems really good. Yeah, it's a four drop, but I mean, on I remember when like playing it, it was just like reading. It was like when you know there was definitely moments where people were like, "Oh, this has flying. Oh, this has mentor. What? Like you know, with like each of the abilities, it's like, oh, this this gives it trample and plus two plus oh. It's like what? Oh, right. She's a four five trample vigilance. Vigilance four five. Yeah, like okay, got it. Sure. Got it. Yeah, like, that's fine. I, I like her more than Tajik, I, personally. Okay, so, so for one, it flies. Yeah. But like, so it's like Tajik, like I look at Tajik and it's like, I, I have a hard time looking at this card and not thinking, runs th- into this a card has to have some, this card has to have some play to it. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's no way, like, a 3-2 for 3 haste, Mentor, prevent damage to other things, guess first strike, can be inherently, quote, bad. Yeah. Like, I've almost run Sky Knight Legionnaire before. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I like three-drop hasty flyer guy. Like, Yeah. And this card is like, it's got some of that to it, too, like. Yeah, you're probably you probably have at least one two one or or two two in play. That's going to become a three three when you attack with this. Mm-hmm. And like, even if it's dying right away, if you just cast it on three, attack with it, something else gets bigger and it dies. Like, okay. you're probably ahead in the resource race because you're trading one for one with another card, and your other thing is becoming bigger which may wind up trading for yet another card. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, except for the, you know, they, they like, your other things can't be bold. Like, there's just so many words on this card. There's so many words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, oh, this... it's like, it's, a, there's so many words that, like, when you take each, like, separate line by itself, you're like, it's a three-mana creature that has four items of relevant text mm-hmm. on it. How can this card be bad? Yeah. But I don't know, honestly know how, in practice, how good it's effectively going to be. One thing that this card does do is it's probably pretty good as a, quote, later game draw. Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird. Like, I remember. I, I think if I had to choose, it's Aurelia. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I feel like I definitely liked Aurelia more of the two. It was weird. Like, I remember seeing a good amount of times and it was just like, cast on turn three but I can't attack into anything and then being like, well, that's unfortunate, but it's weird that I was like, never felt that way about Najila. 
And I don't know if it's just inconsistency, you know? Mm. Maybe it felt like it shouldn't, you know, maybe, I don't know. It just, I was, like, thinking about it, I'm like, this just seems so arbitrary. Like, why am I faulting Tajik for dying against Tutus when Najila did the same thing? Maybe it's because, like, a 1-1 felt better? Like, having some kind of board presence, but I don't know. It was one of those... Well, you also got to remember, too, that you're getting a whole extra turn, yeah, right? Yeah, from the haste, yeah. So you're you're undercutting it by a turn. So you're you you have untapped mana to play, you know, with your uh when you when you untap with your uh Najila or whatever. Yeah. So like you have you have a four drop maybe beside it that's gonna take the heat mm-hmm. rather than the three drop. Where this card just you know, can apply the pressure right away. Yeah. So like maybe so maybe that's a you know, a, a, not the the most fair of analyses just because of the nature of the timing on the cards. Yeah. But, but, but then again, like maybe that's, maybe that's the role of the, maybe because of the makeup of creatures and cube, like maybe that's the role of that. The, the three drop is more to support the four rather than to support the ones and the twos. Like, yeah, maybe that's the way the, 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 the play pattern typically, typically uh, progresses where it's just like better to have, you know, a three that's really good because they have to deal with your four as opposed to, like you know, buffing your the ones. three that's attacking already that right away. That's buffing your ones or your twos. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I remember thinking yeah, that and I, I was like, I remember thinking like, wait, that doesn't make sense. You know, like it's that time where it's like, you think of something, it's like, wait, that's not consistent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was weird. But I, definitely... but I do like uh, and Skyline Legionnaire is in this set too, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like I said, given the choice between the two, I think I'm taking the evasive creature. Yeah, same. Like, it's a four drop, and like red, white, aggressive decks aren't really thirsting. Like, it feels like it's weird too because the red side of Aurelia is so much better than the white side of you know being like a creature getting plus two plus zero oh, and trample is significantly better than it getting vigilance. Right, except for if you're talking about in, like, the mirror, where you have to play, like, creatures that can play offense and defense are better. Yeah. You know, where, when I say mirror, I mean, like, aggro mirror or whatever, where you're in a racing situation. In most of those where cases, you can, you, you know, you're probably just targeting herself, honestly, though. Right. Yeah, you're just like, well, the thing is, too, is on the first time it comes into play, it doesn't target itself. No. Because it doesn't need to. You can give other creature, you know, give another creature the bonus. Mm-hmm. So at least on the first turn, you're still triggering it at the beginning of combat. Yeah. And then on the second turn, now you're like, okay, well, now I have the choice to have this 4-5 instead, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, given the choice, it's, it's Aurelia, but... Yeah, I don't think it's as like, you know... I don't think it's just like this card's trash. This card's great. It's I mean they're both solid for sure. Yeah, I just have trouble finding Tajik to be bad, but it might be. I, I don't know. I have to. I don't I think have to it's run bad. It but I mean, I think it's just maybe just exaggerated language or whatever. Right. It's just like God. How can this card? How can this card not be good? And like maybe it's just not as good as it needs to be. You know. Hmm. For lack of a better term. Yeah. <sighs> what do you think of uh, Lazav? Okay. Super interesting. Yeah? Uh, 
first of all, it's got a nice little surveil on it. Oh, what does one the card is, Oh, there you go. So, so right. So blue black for a one, three legendary creature shapeshifter. When it enters play, surveil one, pay X on tapping, not a, not tap effect. Lazav the Multifarious becomes a copy of target creature card in your graveyard with converted mana cost X, except its name is Lazav the Multifarious Legendary in addition to other types and it has this ability. So my problem, my, I feel like this is way more of a constructed card than it is a cube card. Yeah. Um, because of the fact that you have to like really kind of set things up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just don't want to be playing this early because all you're doing is exposing yourself later. But, However, yeah. like to be able to just copy things in your graveyard is pretty great. It's basically, you know, getting them cast them out of your graveyard for an extra two because you just have this thing that can become a copy of them. And then you can change it to other things, mm-hmm. right? Like at, at any point in time, you can be like, nope, it's going to become this now. It's going to become this now, which may or may not have an effect, but... I just think it costs too much mana and it takes a little too much setup. It's a, even though it's super interesting. It's essentially like a level up, like it's an omen speaker essentially, like in a mm-hmm. weird way. And then like eventually, like later in the game, like if it's doing nothing, it can just randomly turn into a titan or something. And right. it is nice that like it doesn't exile the creature, it just turns it into so your other reanimation right. cards aren't so you can still reanimate. Right. And yeah. I think a card's really good in there. It's just that it costs like X amount of mana. Now yeah, you're paying retail. What, 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 the, the, the part where this card can get like super obnoxious is like in constructed formats when you're like, Well, I have this thirteen thirteen trample on my graveyard that costs one. Mm-hmm. I'll pay one. Yeah. Attack you for thirteen. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like the the, the the weird case, you know, like yeah, like the old illusionary mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or stifle it. Yeah. Play it stifle it. You know. So friction dreadnought decks, you know. I, I think that's where it gets interesting. So I can see this card being super interesting in like EDH. Yeah. Just to try to like basically where like your whole job is just to to try to like get people to call shenanigans. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think it's good enough for, for the, I just think it takes a little too much setup, a little too much. Yeah, it just seems like a lot of work to do in here. What do you think of March of the Multitudes for? So, so March of the Multitudes is, uh, X green, white, white. With Convoke, create X 1 1 white soldier tokens with lifelink. Is it bad when it I saw the magic the... word? Instant. It is an instant. Is it bad when I saw the title that made me think of like Catitude or Tortitude? <laughs> that like torties and calicos have. Uh huh. The tortitude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like parts of the tortitude. It's like oh. Ah. It does take yeah, a lot we, to. We, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We got a little bit of that. We we have a little bit of that. Yeah. With our cats, we got a little bit of the the, the tortitude. Strangely, our calico doesn't really have much much tortitude. Unless uh, it's for, um, for 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 fear of like you know. uh what what is the term when you when you give something human qualities? What's the the literary term? How uh, was it like uh, anamorphic? Yeah, anamorphize, uh, anamorphize, pa, pa, uh, anthropomorphize. That sounds right. Yeah, what, what, you know whatever it is, and you know like 
normal people when they hear people talking about cats. My my dog's like a person. No, it's not like a person as a dog. Mm-hmm. My my cat's like a person. No, it's not. No, but they they definitely are a little sassier than than the other ones. Like if anyone's got like big orange boys at home, they know they're like big hulking sweet. Like I've never not had an, a sweet orange boy cat. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of all that way, laid back and sweet. But March of the Catitudes, um, <laughs> Mar- March of the Platitudes. Oh, there you, you play go. to win the game. You know, you you miss every shot you don't take. Oh yeah. You just like give a bunch of platitudes, like when you when you when you you know. Uh, the first shot. So I you miss every <laughs> shot you don't take. <laughs> you start like mixing your like platitudes together. A penny saved so. is a dollar. It's a dollar shot. Yeah. <laughs> or does it if any saved is a dollar and then that's it? <laughs> like we're done. Yep. Now go get them. Go get them, team. Yeah, go, uh, go. coach. Weren't we supposed to like talk strategy? No. So uh, this is a card that when I first looked at, it, I'm like, eh. eh. And then I got to play with it and against it a little bit, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. This card's actually better than it looks, I think. It's quite solid. Like, I, I think it's kind of sneaky good because of the, the instant speed and the, the magic word. The convoking and, right, exactly. Then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, they have a bunch of, oh, 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 a Johnny Venture. Oh, a John. Oh, they're all 2 2. Oh, you gain what? Oh. Mm hmm. It's an interesting riff on like secure the wastes, which I don't know. I've been mo- I've been like so happy with secure the wastes. It's just it's a very subtle, but again, magic well, secure word. The is, secure the wastes is very good. Yeah. Right, magic word. Get to make a bunch of blockers. Either use them as attackers, use them as surprise blockers. Like just generate a value. You know what I mean? Like out of the cards in your hand. Yeah, I I I don't know. If this card weren't green white. I think it would be so much easier to play. Mm-hmm. Green white is so freaking deep. There's so many good cards in green white. So many, so many, so many, so many. Yep. And then granted, I think this is one of many. I, I, I think this is one of probably now what fifteen green white cards that you could include and be like, yeah, sure, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Fine. You know, light of autumn, fine. You know, yeah, that's fine. March of all dudes, yeah, sure, fine. Probably don't want to cut the top tier cards for it, but you know, fine. Yeah, it's a it's a nice. But if you if you have a token theme at all, you need to be playing this. I think this is a very good to- token support card in mm-hmm. in both of those colors, and I think it's just it, it's it kind of seems like a shoe in, especially with the token theme, because you basically get to like double up on your tokens at the end of the turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they're not attacking, like also so. it also helps with kind of like the the green white mid-range plan, which can kind of be just like, deploy all my stuff at sorcery speed. Oh, you countered it. Cool. Awesome. Right. Nah, next, womp, womp. Tu- next turn, I'm going to cast my big thing. Oh, you stole it? Cool. Alright. Oh, I cast my big giant. Oh, oh, Doomblade? Okay, cool. And this kind of helps with that plan, you know, just like, end of turn casting stuff. And like, white gets angels like Resto and and like Archangel Addison, but green white doesn't have a lot of those things. And that helps. 
Yeah, there's not a lot of sneakiness in no. green white. Yeah, there's just there's a lot of utility, but not a lot of sneakiness. I think I wonder if that might be the issue with green white as an archetype. Is that it's not a very subtle mechanic. It's just, Mm-mm. but it's just like here's this, here's. But I guess a way you could say that about like red, like you know red white or whatever. It's just like you know right. But 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 green white often like as a color combination. If you think of the green white cards, they don't operate at instant speed. They operate at sorcery speed. Yeah. Now there are green cards that operate at instant speed, but they're few and far between, and most of them are dumb stuff like giant growth effects. Woo. Now white's got at least got some removal now, and like swords path, etc where you can operate at, you know, instant speed a little bit, but still not the, the most instant of colors. There's still more in the other three. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more, way more instance in black, red, and blue than there are in white and green. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the, the axis is, you know, the, the timing of it's a little more ham-fisted. Yep. So having anything that can kind of change the, the dynamic, the tempo of what's going on that you can – change speeds instead of just casting everything on your turn well now i'm casting something on 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 several my turn I'm casting it on your turn mm-hmm. and now we get to kind of change the dynamic a little bit and you know because you know that's how you overload counter spells that's how you overload instance right is you do stuff at the end of their turn yeah and you know put them to the test and then and then be able to untap into casting more stuff which i think is and a, so i think this 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 helps you operate on a, at a different speed and i think that's valuable mm-hmm. in, in the in the deck type I think that's another interesting thing too about risk factors that, like, to go back to that is like, it lets you operate on their end step multiple turns. Right. Where it's just like, cast this end of turn, turn three, and then like, turn six or seven or whatever, if it gets to that point, it's just like, alright, do it again. And they're like, oh. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, I just drew an extra stupid lane, like, let's just do this. Yeah, like, whatever. Let's, I'll ask you the same question. Would you like to take damage? But yeah, I think March is interesting. It's not like super high tier, but it's it's solid tier. It's good solid. I agree. Yeah. What do you think of? It's, uh, a, good, uh, it, it's a good solid fine. Yeah. What do you think of the? Uh, so Ral is it Vassar 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 Vassar? Plus one. Look at the top two cards of your library. Put one of them in your hand and the other one in the graveyard. Minus three. Deal damage to creature equal to the number of instant and sorcery cards you own in exile and in your graveyard. Yeah. A little interesting twist there. And then minus eight, a worthy emblem when the game emblem is whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, this emblem deals four damage to any target and you draw two cards. Yep. So you get to chain them up. So... It kind of meets all the requirements, right? It meets all the requirements of, like, when we talk about Planeswalkers and we try to establish some sort of, you know, like, minimum requirements, right? Our our, our P90, you know, our minimum requirements. Like, does Mm -hmm. it defend itself? Does the, does, if it has an ultimate, does it win the game? Um, you know, is it replacing itself? Is it generating value on a turn to turn basis? And I, it, it ticks all those boxes. Mm-hmm. It does. It ticks all those boxes. Now, is it better than some of our other blue-red options? Personally, I don't think blue-red's the strongest of guilds. Yeah, I feel like this doesn't really crack the top tiers of many 
Like, it's also it's, just like it. I don't know. It, it's, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's certainly fine. Again, it's certainly it's not embarrassing. If you run this in your cube, it's fine. Not going to be like, oh no, that card's bad because it's not. It's fine. It does everything you want it to do, but like all of the abilities on this card seem like they're like lesser versions of like other planeswalkers we've seen, mm-hmm. especially recently. You know, it's kind of like this 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 child of like uh, Teferi planeswalker and and Chandra Torture Defiance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Chandra. It kind of it kind of oh, it, it kind of strikes this this balance where it feels like both of those at the same time. But I've I've gotten to play with the card some, and it it's 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 good, it's good. I just don't know is it is it better than four drop brawls, Eric? No, yeah. probably not. No, is maybe it better than Dak or Dax. Du- is this better than Dax no, duplicate? Not- I don't think it is. I mean, in the control mirrors, it is. Yeah, is it better than Karnos? Probably not. Probably, I don't know. Probably. Like, Karanos is, is awfully slow. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably rank this above Karanos. Hmm. I don't know. They both are kind of slow, I guess. They're both a little on the slow slide, but this uh, this generates more velocity than Karanos does, because you get to control what kind of velocity you want to generate. Yeah. Like, the uh, Karanos, you're just like, well, I can really use some extra cards here. YOLO. Now, I guess take three instead. Yeah. Like... Where this is like, okay, well, like, well, it's not necessarily doing damage to them. It's you get to kind of choose. And, and ticket, and, and the, let's be honest, the emblem is one of the more powerful emblems that we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. The emblem's pretty absurd. It's really absurd. Cast a spell, draw two, deal four to any target. And the fact that it's any target mm-hmm. and not just the face means that activating it when you're, when you're at parity or behind means it's still good. Because you get to catch up some with it. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly game-winning. So, like, I will certainly be trying this card. I don't have expectations that it will necessarily stay long-term. But I, I, I certainly am finding... I cannot call this a bad card. I, I It just might be a little slow. But, like... Is this better than any of the niv the dragons? Yeah. Is it better than all of them? Yeah. Segway. Yeah. Like, probably, because it's easier, but I think it's only because it's easier to cast than Niv-Mizzet pay run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That this cost. card is absurd. Holy crap, this card is so ridiculous. But it has to be because it costs blue, 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 red, red, red. Yep. <laughs> this card is insane. This card is insane. It's like it's, a. I, 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 it's like a two-color oh. cruel tomato. Makes me feel like. Right. This card is insane. If you can cast this card, it, so first of all, okay, so blue, 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 red, 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 five, five, flying can't be countered. Whenever you draw a card, it deals one to any target. But whenever a player, mm-hmm. whenever a player, not you, not an opponent, whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery, you draw a card. 
which then makes it do one damage to something. Mm-hmm. Yep. This card gets out of control really quickly. Really quickly. I played a game of Standard the other night where I had the Raw Iserit Viceroy emblem with Nivmas it in play. <laughs> wow. I won that game. So you like, draw two, you deal four, so you deal six. Right. So it went something like this. Um, cast niv you know, it's like late in the game, you know, I have like ten mana in play or whatever. It's like, niv go, and they're like, you know, cast some idiot, pass back to you. I'm like, chemister's insight. Oh. Oh, dear. So take four. I will draw three, <laughs> take three more. <laughs> Actually, draw four, take four more. Because it's two from the insight and two from Rawl. Wow. So take eight. So take eight. <laughs> like, this is like the card I, I, in playing like the matches, like I must have forgot, like just playing game, jamming games or whatever, mm-hmm. I probably missed like a billion triggers. No. Because yeah. it's like, oh right, cast a spell, trigger this, which then triggers this, which triggers this, and triggers this, and triggers this, and I'm triggered because there's so many triggers and I'm forgetting. Like, so. And take another I damage. I really want to play, I really want to play this card. Yeah. I really want to play this card. It's so good. It's so hard to cast, though. Yep, good luck. It's so difficult to cast. Good. So hard. Good luck. But boy, do I want to cast it. Yeah. Holy crap. Can you imagine how good this card is in, like, the five-color decks? Oh, yeah. That can, like, you know, you get those five-color decks where you just have, like, all your lanes make all the colors. Huh. And I cast this this guy. It is nice that it seems like casting it on turn 8 or turn 9 isn't bad either. No. Still kills him. And here's the thing, is even if they kill it... You still draw well, a card. Well, they can't counter it. Even if they kill it, they're still taking, well, you're still dinging them and drawing a card. Yep. And then probably you're casting a spell so you can ding them and draw a card. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, can you imagine even just like the, the play sequence of... Eight mana up, niv it pass. And they're like, spend my last mana, like, kill it. You're like, all right, ding, you draw a card. All right, counter it. Ding, you draw a card. Mm. <laughs> yep. And then they're like, all right, untap, kill it. You're like, ding, you draw a card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Force of will, ding, you draw a card. <laughs> yep. Days. <laughs> right. Days a thing you draw her. <laughs> like, I, there's nothing, there, there aren't many more things I like in the world than like saying ding mm-hmm. with, uh, with a niv mizzet in play. We're just like ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Like, I really want to ding the crap out of people with this card. Yeah. I, I, I am going to find a way to play this card until it gets so uncastable. <laughs> it's just so frustrating that I'm just like, I have blue, 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 red, red, but I can't cast it. Like when I run into that situation one too many times, I'll probably that that'll be the that'll be the end of it. But good lord, is this card ridiculous? Yeah. And it, like I said, 
it, it's a two way street. It has the mana cost has to be ridiculous because of how good this card is. Yeah. But on the other hand, this mana cost is so rough, the card better be ridiculous. Yep. Good. Good luck, guys. <laughs> but like, if I open this pack one, I'm just like, <laughs> I know what we're doing. Yep. <laughs> like pack two steam vents, huh? Sure. Sure. So I don't know. I really like this card. I will try to play it, but I certainly wouldn't fault other people for playing it or not playing it because it's going to be tough to cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Thief of Sanity? Okay, this card is bonkers. Yep. This card is way better. So I, I'm pretty sure this card is better than Shadow Mage Infiltrator. Yes, that, that's definitely true. Um, and like that's like you know. Uh, many, so this is many in the long line of like Ophidians that like, uh, like haven't been good enough, but I think this one's good enough. Oh yeah. Like, so, so Thief of Sanity, one blue white for a 2-2 flyer. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, look at their top three cards, exile one of them face down, put the rest into their graveyard, and then for as long as that card's exiled, you can look at it, cast it, and spend mana of any color to cast it. So, so, so I think, basically uh, repeatable, uh, Gonti them. So I, three. I think you misread the ability. Hold on, I think anything scratched my glasses here. I'm, I need to read it. All right. Yeah. So it's flying. Never deals combat damage to a player. Yeah. When Thief of Tanity uh, deals combat damage to a player, uh, that player loses the game. Oh. 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 I'm sorry. You're right. I, I misread. I didn't see the subtext. <laughs> they, they, they lose the game, and then <laughs> and then they go. This card's stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's a slight. This is definitely an exaggeration. But if it connects once, it's it, it definitely has it, you know elicited its fair share of just like, well, I have to kill this thing now, or I'm dead. And usually, if it connects once, it's bad. If it's, I think, if it connects twice, it's game over. It's just straight up game over. Yeah, just two. Like Gonti is very good. Yeah, Gonti's great. Like, Gonti is like a, a mirror breaker like control mirror breaker type card like and this card is just like repeatable gonti mm-hmm. like every turn and it's flying you know yep. thankfully it dies to most things yeah i was gonna say it dies but, to removal but like if it doesn't like good lord but it's also black so it has a little bit of protection from removal yeah yeah if they can't kill it it's just like oh, okay i guess i get your i and it's like it doesn't disrupt the opponent, but like, okay, you draw a card, like unless you're really unlucky, then you get right. another chance, most likely. <laughs> unless your opponent happens to draw the answer right there. Yeah, it's yeah. This card, this card is very, very good. And I was very, very impressed with it. Like when I first when I got to play, I played like against it on Arena, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, like. This card's absurd. Yeah. I think this is one of those, another one of those cards where it's like, when I saw it in play, it's just like, oh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember, like, somebody casted it against me and then it connected and I was like, I was like, well, I guess I had to kill this, this annoying thing. And then they're like, and of course I didn't. So they were like, okay, draw, th- look at the top three. Alright, put the spell that's good here. I'm like, cool. And the the awkward thing is, I knew the top three because I had a div top. 
are thinking like, well, this isn't good for me. (laughs) And then, yeah, it was bad. It was so rough. Like, I, I don't know. I think this card's great. Like, yeah, dice. Agreed. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's it. I was saying, I think this card's very good. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it dies to most things. It dies to mostly every spell, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's, what are you expecting? It's got to have some sort of drawback for three mana, right? Yeah. What do you, yeah. What do you want? Make a cookie for you or something? (laughs) But like, I think you can, I mean, if you want to make the quote lazy swap, I mean, I think you can just take out Shadow Mage Infiltrator. If you're still playing the Shadow Mage Infiltrator. Yeah. Like, uh, if you want to make that swap, like, you know, like that's probably not a swap that I'm making just because of like historical significance and whatnot. Because one's fine, but like I, I certainly would be tempted to. Mm-hmm. Like, like blue, blue, yeah, oh, psychotog, see ya. Yeah. Get out. Get out. There you uh, go. You know, like also blue black again. I, when I think of like the strong color combinations, only one blue guild sticks out to me as being like awesome. Like for the individual colors, it ain't. Yeah, for like no, like. Like Azorius, is it Simic, Demir? Oh, I mean for like, like the individual cards themselves or the archetype? No, like the like the okay. What has the strongest like one through six? Oh, multicolor. Yeah, yeah. And multicolor. Yeah, Azorius and, and, is that I, I, I always feel like all the other non blue white guilds can improve. Mm-hmm. So like you can probably cut most things for this. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be fine. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, hopefully Simic can evolve in the next set. Oh. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. What do you think of Ionize, by the way? I'm like, eh, whatever. <sighs> I really wish it did two damage to a creature. It feels like it's so... Any target. Unless you're, like, some kind of blue-white... Blue, I'm sorry, like... Blue Counterburn, red. dude. Yeah, just like that, or, like, an aggressive deck or something, but for the most part, it's dude, just it, like... It, it, it goes in our uh, risk factor. Uh, what's his name? Deck? Control deck. It goes in our risk factor. Uh, sulfur. Uh, vortex. Sulfuric vortex control deck. There mm-hmm. we go. Get some copper mm-hmm. tablet in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> copper tablet. Yep. Get them all in there. Yeah, get, get yeah it's fine. Yeah. It's it's unexciting. Yeah, it feels like they're definitely better. Like, yeah. I feel like I'd rather play, like, a generic blue-red value spell, like, is it Charm or Electrolyze or... Electrolyze, yeah. You know, all the, like, all the other ones have been printed for the past, like, billion years. We, we don't, you know, we're, we don't have... A, now, if I'm playing modern-only cube, right, like, modern card face only, like, modern era cube, mm-hmm. maybe I play it. Probably. Because we just don't have actual counter spell. We don't have, you know, some of the things like miscalculation. Yeah, you don't have Dak. You know, you don't, you don't, you know, you don't have Dak Or New Sahili. You, you, you don't, right, exactly. So, like, there's all these things that you are just lacking. Mm-hmm. Then I think you can just, I, th- I think this is probably a pretty safe jam. Yeah. To try it. That's definitely a jam. And run with it, so. Yeah. Speaking of jam, wait, this doesn't have anything to do with it at all. What do you think of the last two... Golgari cards, Underrealm Lich and Frasca, Golgari Queen. Okay. I'm not that impressed. I like one of them. I I think they're both... They're... 
Okay, so Underrealm, the only reason I kind of like Underrealm Lich is because of the indestructible clause. Because at least it can kind of stay in place. Yeah. But I, I just, I'm just kind of very bored with five mana blue, black, green spells. Yeah. It just... Like, oh, look, another one. It seems like it, it takes, so, like, I think I was trying it out for a bit, and it just was quite underwhelming. Like, it didn't have a huge board impact and seems to take a while for it to really do so. Mm-hmm. And its body's okay. Like, I actually thought it had flying, but it does not have flying. <laughs> nope. It's just a lich. Nope. It's just a zombie elf shaman. Yep. And that's a 4-3. And like, you know, you could, like they said, the indestructible's nice, but four mana isn't for nothing. life. Yeah. For uh for life, sorry. Yeah, and it flavor this is not like the, the, the two drop from Ixalan either. Yeah. That like bashes for three. Yeah, Danto Vanguard. Yeah, Danto Vanguard. Like th- that that's this card is not that card. No. That the decks for that card can afford to pay that life a few times to try to freaking kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, I guess, helps versus Wraths, but... Eh. Yeah. Eh. And the draw ability's fine, but it's like, it takes a while for that to really manifest. Right. It definitely reminds me of the uh, the two-drop from uh, Grimflayer. It reminds me of a little bit. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tomorrow from Saviors? Oh, God, Tomorrow, Azami's familiar? Yeah. I admit that wasn't the first thing on my mind. That was the immediate. That was immediately the first thing I thought of when I saw this card was tomorrow. I'm like, ah, interesting. I won't play tomorrow, and I won't play tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow, I love you. I think tomorrow costs five and tomorrow, a blue. Tomorrow, you're always uh, the, yeah. It's five and a blue for uh. If you would draw a card, look at the top three cards instead, yep. and then one in your hand. But then you put the other two on the bottom, not in your graveyard. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Shrug. Shrug out of ten. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's it's acceptable. I've quite but. liked Vraska, though. Like, Vraska's been pretty solid. Okay, so Vraska is two, two black-green for four loyalty, plus two. You may sacrifice another permanent if you do gain a life and draw a card. Neg three, destroy target non-land permanent with converted mana cost three or less. Or neg nine, you gain an emblem with whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, that player loses. They get planes. They get uh, player. So obviously, a, right? So obviously, a play a playoff of her previous one where you had the assassin tokens. Yeah, you know, of five drop Ruska. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay. So my question for you is, I need to know how good the plus two is. It's fine. Like, it's a payoff, like, for sacrificing things. But, like, sometimes later in the game you just have random lands or whatever that aren't doing anything. It's just like, I've got this forest. Okay, I'll just sacrifice it. I've got this random elf. Okay, I'll just sacrifice this. So is this card then, so is this card better, like, in the late game than it is on curve? I mean, it's definitely fine on curve too, just to kill some random thing, like to just kill an O-ring or just a value dude. Like that middle ability has been pretty solid. Like it doesn't kill everything, okay. of course, but it's pretty solid. So just getting to abrupt decay something, basically. Yeah, yeah. So it'll abrupt decay something and like, you know, get to plus something. It's kind of like almost reminds me of a Johnny Vengeance. 
like where the plus ability does something which is situationally useful, the minus usually kills something, and then right. the ultimate whatever, who cares? Right, the ultimate's usually game-winning. So when I look at this without testing it, I feel like my Vraska ranking would be 6, 4, 5. I feel like I like this more than Relic Seeker, but... Really? I don't know. I'm probably not going to play either one of my... Like, I don't think I'm going to have room for either in my queue, but... I've, I've been very happy with Relic Seeker. I mean, me too. She's She was been great in her time. Like, she's very much a mid-green... Like, she's very much a trump card. In, like, the mid... Like, deal with this, or you die. Oh Here's my menace. But I don't know. I like. I think they're both solid, but I think she she's been pretty underrated. I feel like. Okay. But I mean, I'm w- I'm willing to listen to reason. But assassins, she she's no assassins trophy, but nothing is. No, right. So right, exactly. Yeah, it's just what it, what it, what an. I mean, we we get you know, we we still use the term like auto include, you know, when when you know everything we can claim is being outdated. Dude, Assassin's Trophy, like 360 staple. Dude, it's like oh. a 180 staple. It's a 180 staple. So the 180 staple. 180 staple. Dude, a 180 staple. If I have to play one, if I get to play two black green cards, this is one of them. Yeah. I mean, if you only got to play one black green card, which would it be? It's trophy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like... <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I've been. I've been running two multicolors for a while, and I've been like waffling between like one and two. And if it's one, it's it's trophy easily. If you got to if you got to play zero multicolor cards, how many assassins trophies would you play? Uh, <laughs> slotted under probably one, artifact. Probably one. Right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> slotted under green. We're like, yeah. so what I'm curious to see is what we see for alternate artworks for this card in the future. Oh, for Vraska? For assassins trophy. Oh. I want to see what alternate, and I want to like look in like four years and see what like the judge promo looks like, oh, and yeah. see what kind of reimaginings of the artwork they'll, they'll have. Yeah, the art on this one's kind of mediocre. I don't know. It's a little creepy. It honestly. makes me think of like those whatever those Darumi statues, those Japanese ones that like. Oh. Yeah, let me Google. Is it Darumi statue? Daruma, maybe. I- Oh, they're creepy. Oh, that isn't what I'm thinking of, but yeah, those are creepy. Huh. Oh, I don't like that at all. Yeah. Ooh, that's weird. Let me see. I don't know. Now I can't think I can't think of what those are, but those are creepy though. Uh hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean this Daruma statue looks a little bit like the Assassin's Trophy head, I could see. Yeah, that isn't what I was even thinking of, but, like... But I think it's a little creepy. I'm just saying, I bet you they can... There's a lot of... I think there's a lot of... uh, A lot of play to make this artwork very interesting in the future. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think you can put, like, recognizable characters or pieces of characters in future artworks to make people go, oh, that's blah, blah's whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, that's Urza's head. I was going to say, oh, like, that's, uh, 
so-and-so's hands. Oh, that's, you know. That's Elspeth's cloak. Right. Exa- you know, whatever, whatever it might be, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Because that's obviously, what's his name's head, right? The Sphinx's guy's head? Uh, whatever, Az- Azor? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, man. I'm going to try to figure out what it is, that, that weird statue thing. But I think it's funny, I kind of stumbled on something that happens to look really creepy. But, yeah, I don't know. It just looks kind of weird. Like, maybe it's just like the weird kind of mouth kind of thing on it. I don't know. But, I mean, I'll play it regardless. It could It could look like... Jackson Pollock art, and I still play it. Yeah, it, you know, don't don't actually care what the card looks like very much, honestly. No, I think that's the entire set. The artifacts are all pretty bad. Like, there's a really bad Triskelion. Yeah, maybe. Tri- how 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 embarrassing does does that look next to a walking ballista? Yeah, yeah. I think I tried this for like the artifact decks, and like it was like a two two or a three three, and hooray. I looked at silent art, and I'm like, ooh, one mana. And I'm like, one mana, sacrifice it. Wow. Yeah. That's, the lockets are all really bad. Yeah, like, interesting, but not good for cube. No. If you're afraid... It's a good, good, good time to pick up your chromatic lantern, so you can uh, cast your uh, Niv-Mizzet pay run. There you go. Yeah, if you're, if you're scared of mana rocks taking over your cube, like make your cube better <laughs> then rather than don't play these awkward lockets hashtag pop it and lock it you say poly pocket i said pop it and lock it oh okay i thought you were talking about poly pocket i'm like wow no not poly pocket <laughs> i was gonna say was that the hot pocket theme i forget i don't remember no that. that's hot pockets yeah that's another one Poly Pocket. I forgot the thing. What, there's a new one? There's new Poly Pocket? Did you just... Did, is your search history now contained Poly Pocket? Yep. Yeah, it rebooted in 2018. Really? What? Wow. This, this is not right. Run, don't walk. Is this another to, group that, like... To your computer to order it from Amazon. Oh, I thought you were talking about, like... <laughs> Two-step George or whatever. Oh, no, 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 no. <sighs> yep. So. All right. So uh, you look, when you look at this, this is obviously I think the multicolor, the red and multicolor, I think, get the most mm-hmm. from this. Yeah. Um, I, Can you imagine what we're going to see out of, like, if, if these multicolor cards are any indication, what is our Azoria section going to look like after next set? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm I've been meaning to pick up a uh, a Doretti uh, Ingenious Iconoclast for my cube, mm-hmm. but like currently my Rock Dose section is like K Command and that, and I'm just like it's kind of this weird gamble. It's like are they going to print a Rock Dose card better than those? And I don't have hybrids. I have separate for multicolor because hybrids uh, cause are easier to cast, not harder to cast. Yeah. But it's just like, Doretti is absurd, and K-Command is absurd, and I'm just like, do I want to spend 10 bucks 
on a Duretti. Right. When, Probably not. Yeah. When there's a chance you might, it might just get replaced by an uncommon. Yeah. In the next I was about set, to say, it'll or, be just like, when this, or when just you, a rare, you know? I, I have a feeling it'll be just like, an art, I, I don't know. I was thinking like maybe an artifact or creature searing blaze. Like, destroy target artifact or creature, its controller takes whatever. Oh, so like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, smash the smithereens? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crash the smithereens, there we go. There's my phone oh, nickname. Right, it. it's a, it's a, it's a rhinoceros. <laughs> yeah, there we go. This rock. What well, could be Gruel? I don't think Gruel would destroy a creature though. Mm-mm. Yeah, that would have to be. Like, but it would certainly destroy an artifact. Oh yeah, destroy target artifact or destroy target artifacts, <laughs> then they take damage. <laughs> yep. Well, then it becomes pillage at that point, right? Like destroy target land or destroy target artifact. Yeah. Well, they take two. Yeah, something like that. Like weird molten rain. Molten or rain. I was surprised at how much good red we got in this set. Like. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Now, unfortunately. It's all more of the same. Oh, excuse me. It's all more of the same. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're attacking and we're doing this kind of stuff. But at least it's interesting. And it's, like I said, I do like risk factor. Mm-hmm. It certainly gives a little, a little more variety and finally turns, uh, browbeat into something. Yeah, something good. That people who like browbeat always wanted browbeat to be mm-hmm. and never, and, and, and never was. Yeah. I do think, like, lately, I would have said years ago that maybe Gruel will get something good aggressive, but it seems like they're making red-green, like, the mid-range color archetype. Right, it's turning into, like, the big, dumb idiot mid-range yeah. color instead of the aggressive, like, archetype. Yeah, it's more like Dragonlord Dramoka than Kurt Ape. So I'm guessing that's probably... Rakdos, I... I I'm hoping, pretty pretty sure it's going to get something gross for aggressive decks. Oh, I'm sure. The question is, what? But, yeah, like, some of the mechanics in the set, I'm really, like, undergrowth was is just, like, such a miss because it's so hard to really get anything for it. But, like, surveillance... Well, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't play well into limited, into cube limited, I don't think. I think it plays well into, like, long-term... Like draft limited or, or uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, retail limited, sealed limited, yeah, but not so much in like pseudo constructed limited because it kind of puts it in a funny place where either you want to have a lot of cards with it or you want to have like no cards with it, mm-hmm. and you don't want to just have some cards with it because then it's like, well, this card's good, sort of, but it would be way better if we had this, or you just need to have like nothing at all. That's just, you know, this card's good on its own and doesn't matter that it has this other keyword on it or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Mentor's got some decent cards. Surveil has some. I'm really hoping the Rockdose one is good. If they brought back Unleash, I'd be happy, but, you know, whatever. Unleash? Yeah, Unleash the Beast. And hopefully some good cards. Yeah, that's... Guilds of Ravnica, thumbs up. All right. Yeah, it's it's it looks pretty great. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Not gonna lie. There's a lot of interesting cards. I just wish green didn't suck so much. 
Yeah. Kind of disappointed with green. It is. It seems like it excels at creatures, but it seems like other creatures are kind of like with this huge push towards creature power creep. It seems like green still hasn't quite gotten as much of the lion's share. Like, there's no green doom whisperer or anything like that. I don't think in in like mm-hmm. I was about to say in recent years, but just in general, like, is there? Uh, I don't believe so. Like, there's like deranged hermits or whatever, and that's but there's not like this big huge green thing. It's just like. Raw or kill you, like Gear Hulk or like Colonian Hydra, like, uh, okay, eh, I don't know. I mean, Colonian Hydra will 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 kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That card does not mess around. It's quite large. Quite a large, quite a large boy. No jokes. Yeah. All right. Well, uh. Why don't you uh, do some plugs? Give give some plugs and 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 let's get on out of here. Yeah. So eventually, I'm going to do an article on the set for gather for no longer gathering magic. It's coolstuffinc.com. Eventually, whenever this Guild of Ravnica review will come up, I just got to finish this. Got to finish the article. <laughs> right, because there's a million cards to talk about. Yep. Good luck, me. Uh, I'm on Twitter, I do some on the red, and then the blog, Third, I think it's the third power podcast, dot wordpress.com. No, no crack a pack, but like I said, let us know what you think. If you want to, yeah, if you guys it. are fine without it, let's be like, yeah, let me take a break for a while. Maybe, maybe every once in a while you, you know, do it. Maybe it's every other one or we don't miss it or, yeah. oh, I'm so glad you guys stopped doing that or, what the heck? I took out why this. Didn't you, why didn't you do that? I wanted you to draw 15 black cards in the pack. <laughs> I took out a crack-a-pack from my cube and never missed it. <laughs> crack-a-pack is a, uh, a 540 staple. You can do without it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're running a, a crack-a-pack theme. Right. <laughs> if, you're, if you're cracking packs, you can have like a booster tutor tribal. Oh, yeah. If you have an agent of acquisitions theme, mm. uh, 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 re- release the uh, release the pack or whatever. What, oh, yeah, what's the, the one pack? from the most? Uh, summon the pack. That's it. Yeah. The, the one from the recent. Well, because there's like the unhinged one, and then there's all like the uh, the green cards. That's like summon the pack, and you know whatever. Oh yeah. What's the what's the the one that you get to open a pack and put all the creatures into play? I thought that's summon the pack. Is that summon the pack? I think okay. so. That sounds right. I'll look. I have it in my under like, so I can probably just find pack, it real quick. Can we do pack? Can we do pack tribal? Oh. Like pack mule. Pack, <laughs> pack tribal. What would be the best tribe for pack? I guess legions. Well, you can also. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. I actually uh, almost bought a legions pack when that card came out. I found one for kind of cheap, and I almost bought it just to have it to crack it. Oh, nice. Uh, what about uh? Can we run? What's the what's the construct that adds an extra pack to your draft? Oh, agent of no lore seeker. Agent of acquisitions or lore seeker? It's lore lore seeker. seeker. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, I think that I think that's included in pack tribal. It, it appears that that card is not in my undeck binder, and I'm too lazy to look. So it's something that I feel like it's maybe like summon the pack or whatever. I don't know. Summon the pack sounds right. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's summon the pack for sure. Yeah, that's it. Yep. And. uh... 
Yeah, I can't really think of too much else unplugged, really. That, those sound right, though. Okay. And, you know, for now, it's just, for me, it's just Anthony42 on Twitter. Uh, there's also a third power, at third powercast, which is the, the somewhat used, uh, show Twitter account. Yeah. We do try to, uh, to, to flag it. And one of these days we'll, Usman will actually add it to his accounts so he can, uh, oh, he yeah. can use it as well. Yeah. I just need to download a better, I need to just use a better client than, than whatever for Twitter. So I never is like, that an actual app? Whatever for Twitter? That'd I don't great. I don't. Yeah, I remember TweetDeck was just so bad. It was just like you haven't gone on Twitter in two seconds. Here's a bunch of junk. Yeah, I mean, I just have it linked to my, uh, you know, the the Twitter actual like app now. It's very easy to switch back and forth between accounts. Oh, it is nice. So, oh yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's super easy now to just switch back and forth between accounts. That's cool. And it'll actually tell you when, like, if you have other linked accounts, when you have notifications on those accounts as well. Oh, that's cool. Like, you can look at the top left. Yeah, so I think the actual Twitter app will probably work pretty well huh. for you. You'll have to check it out. That's cool. I can see if, because uh, it's pretty easy to go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm still, I, I didn't want to really address it too much because I, hopefully I'm, I'm getting all this burglary stuff wrapped up here in, in the near future um you know almost a year now or approaching a year since everything happened and hmm. they, wow. I, i'm still doing lots of writing i have copious pages of notes um and in both the the realm of storytelling what happened and kind of the way things have progressed uh like as an experiential uh to, to relate to you guys as an experiential, this is something that I have gone through that you might be interested in hearing as well as a, here's the, 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 the nuts and bolts. Here's the stuff that you should do and not do in order to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so there, it, it's kind of going to be split into like two parts. And I don't know whether the, you know, as I, I get towards completion, it's a matter of, do we want to do it as a blending of storytelling and physical stuff, or do we want to make it two separate things where it's here's the, here's the story. And then here's the, 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 the boring nuts and bolts boring from a, uh, um, uh entertainment, uh, an enter yeah. Entertainment. There's a, uh, uh, narrative, standpoint uh, yeah boring from a narrative standpoint but interesting as a this is where the real information is like the you know the you know there there are shows that are entertaining there are shows that are educational uh do we want one that's both or do we want to you know see see each to their fullest extent so i'm still you know working on that so hopefully it's uh i, I am hoping to somehow have it done soon after the anniversary so I'm hoping that's going to end, come to an end soon. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be filling you guys out on that soon. Nice. So that's all I really want to talk about it for now. Cause as you can hear, my voice is getting wrecked and yeah, I think it's about time we were to embark on a, a long weekend here. So yeah. Well, there's one thing we, we have, have a to lot get to do through before. Oh, you're right. There is one thing left to do. Rock over London, rock on Chicago. Guilds of Ravnica stand with your guild. Stand with your Meow. <laughs> Stand with your <laughs> Here's your Tammy Wynette reference from earlier. There we go. 
in case you in case you guys didn't see that coming from a mile away. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's what I saw thought as soon as I heard that. By the way, even even if if we do get rid of Crack Pack, never getting rid of Rock Over London. No, not a chance. No, not sorry. a chance. No, no Rock Over London, Rock on Chicago, getting cut. That's a that's if, a if, if that's a one card <laughs> staple. Right, right. It's a you know, cube cube uh, third power staple. Third power staple. <laughs> you have a Wesley Willis theme. Right. <laughs> Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Oh man, it's been 15 years since he died. 15 years. That's crazy. Yeah, it really is. 15, wow. Yeah, he died in 2003. Holy crap. Wow. Yep. All right. All right, well. Well, hopefully we'll see you guys uh, sooner rather than later. We we, we still have to pick up an M19 review, at least. That way we'll we'll do it somewhat, and we'll get a little bit of retrospective on it. Mm -hmm. So we can maybe uh, more accurately identify stuff that's played well instead of just, like, you know, a a part of theory crafting plus – hopeful wishful thinking and uh you know I, i'd like to do this more often other than just these set reviews and figure out a way to have uh conversations about other type of cube stuff so yeah appreciate you guys listening appreciate you guys being patient i i kind of dawned on me today i'm like oh my god it's like we're like hardcore history but way less interesting and way less important i don't think i've i'm familiar with what hardcore history is oh oh you're in for a treat. Nice. So Hardcore History is a uh, history podcast, and it's uh, they only release a few times a year, huh. but they are epically long each time. Nice. And super interesting, and the uh, the, the guy who tells it, uh, the, the, the host, is a great storyteller. Huh. I've actually recommended it to quite a few people, and everybody's been a taker so far. Everybody's like, ooh. And it's like a holiday when like there's a new Hardcore History out. Huh. So I go, ooh, new Hardcore History out. It's like a very rare occurrence, so. Well, I thought you were gonna say like a holiday, like when a new Dragon Quest game comes out. It's like everybody takes off work in Japan. Oh, oh God, no! This is just a oh my God! I have like five hours of listening to do now. Ah, so nice. And uh, back back episodes are only a dollar each on the. So literally like dollar for four hour podcast, five hour podcast. You know. Yeah, that's not listen bad. Listen to listen to like twenty something hours for free of. Uh, Basically, the preamble into, through, and after effects of World War One. That huh. you know, I always you know, history. Our history always seems to focus. We always know more about World War Two just because of our level of involvement, but not often as much about World War One. Yeah. And I walked away uh, much smarter knowing about history in World War One after huh. listening to it. So nice. Yeah, great stuff. Cool. All right, guys. All right. Well, we'll. Catch you later. Peace out. Catch you later, Bill and Ted. Stay excellent to each other. Be excellent to each other. Yeah, well, stay excellent too. I, 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 <laughs> I still, I still look at Wild Nakadal, and I look at it sometimes, and I go, Wild Nakadal. Maybe it'll be a good Wild Grill card. Wild. So there's also, uh, there, I'm pretty sure there's a Stallion card somewhere too. There's Wild Ace card. Mm, that's not it. Wild Nakadal is is one of them, but yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, Peace. thank you, everybody. Peace. Peace out. Peace out. Yeah.